Welcome to Escaping Purgatory, a podcast where we rewatch Supernatural, then talk it through in the hopes that we can finally escape this show. Join us each week, leave comments on upcoming episodes, and together we can escape Supernatural Purgatory. Hi. Hello. Hi. <laughs> we have a guest. <laughs> Best time ever. Ret- returning, returning again. Danny has returned. So happy to hear from you, Danny. <laughs> for, for people who might not remember, I was uh, on the episode of Bedtime Stories. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. With like the, the fairy tales, killing people. <laughs> <laughs> good one, good one. Yep. Yeah. Surprisingly sad. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it's such a good episode. And to be honest, also contributed my favorite blooper about Sam needing more milk in his life. So, like... <laughs> That was the absolute, you know, highlight to edit that in. Oh, really? Yeah. Did you release those bloopers? I yeah. did, yeah. Oh, I didn't listen to that. I need to, I need to find that. I think I just missed it. <laughs> Does need more milk in his life, <laughs> So, yeah, we're, we are back this week. We're talking about episode season four, episode seven. It's the Great Pumpkin, Sam Winchester. Danny, you being from America... Is this actually a Charlie Brown reference? Uh, I mean, the title is. I okay. Don't I've never saw the that Charlie Brown special, so I have no idea if what's in, what they have in common. <laughs> uh, Halloween, maybe? No idea. I get it. It must be. It, it, they were probably just like you know what? It's it's Halloween time. Let's find a Halloween special that we can poke fun at. Uh, well, I guess I guess the monster is Halloween themed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, arguably very <laughs> yeah, <But> yeah. <laughs> it's actual like the personification of Halloween <laughs> yeah yeah that was that was dumb okay no it's fine moving on no, no, no. <laughs> uh, um, so so anyway I uh, I asked to be on this episode because this because this episode is one of my favorites Mm-hmm. And it's where I get my Tumblr blog title from, which huh? my, my supernatural Tumblr is I Have Doubts, and it's a it's a quote from Cass in this episode. So I, I thought, you know, <laughs> if I could get on this one, that'd be nice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, arguably, I think one of the most important lines in Supernatural, this is a defining Cass moment. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's a big one. When we get to... Oh. I can't even speak because like there's there is so much cast in this episode that I'm just like hell yeah but at the yeah. same time there's so much cast in it that I'm like oh no <laughs> there's this bit where Dean binge eats candy and then afterwards he like holds his stomach and that's kind of how it feels like holding my stomach like oh my goodness there was so much cast oh. <laughs> <laughs> <So> bloat it <laughs> <laughs> it's true I, I was watching this I was like oh this you know what at the moment this is a really bland episode because I, I had remembered I remembered this episode from the point that the angels appear so I was watching it up to it and I was like oh yeah it's kind of you know why did why did Danny want to be on this episode because it's just a Halloween episode <laughs> and then they turned up and I was like oh yeah that's what happens in this one oh my god <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> well the like quote unquote A plot of Sam Hain and everything is um it's whatever <laughs> but yeah. like the actual important stuff which is I think a larger portion of the episode all the angel stuff mm-hmm. is uh 
It's really good. <laughs> it is really good. I think I've read at least five fics based in this episode specifically. Oh, really? Like, uh, like years ago. I, I'd have to dig them out. But <laughs> it's definitely a... De- I, I, I'm not, it must be a defining Destiel moment because, as I said, there's fic written about. <laughs> I mean, there's fic written about every single second they have on screen together. So that's... <laughs> That's not a good measurement. <laughs> yeah, it's not narrowing it down a lot, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. 100,000 fix, right? So I think we're, yeah, I think we're well over 100,000 yes, now. Yes. Yeah. That's such an aggressive amount of <laughs> It really is. It really is. But then it's also not enough. <laughs> it's not enough, but also it is too much a little bit. <laughs> it's like, okay, calm down. Except please don't because... This is entertaining. <laughs> okay. Should we get into this episode? Probably. <laughs> I know, right? This, this episode was written by Julie Siege and directed by Charles Beeson. I don't think we've had anything written by Julie before. No, this is I, her first episode. Mm. Uh, she doesn't do that much that's noticeable, but she does do the monster to, at the end of this book later oh. in this season, which is there's two really important cast episodes about yeah <laughs> his relationship to heaven mm-hmm. yeah which is de- definably like the most important thing about Cass in this season is is really we get the first impressions of him as being yeah kind of a dick but I think yeah this episode and then later on is when we see mm, okay just, just how nuanced his character is okay speaking of that speaking of him being kind of a dick this is my favorite maybe my favorite piece of trivia I've ever seen on the Supernatural wiki mm-hmm. it's in, in the trivia section it says this episode reveals Castiel to be some something more than just a dick with wings <laughs> <laughs> quotes stick with wings and quotes <laughs> why is that, that part of the trivia <laughs> why did you have to oh. <laughs> it's really good oh what's God. funny you saying that so i'm i'm, I'm heavily ta- i have a lot of tattoos i would say i'm heavily tattooed mm-hmm. but i have a lot of tattoos and um there's one person that has done most of them and obviously i go through his instagram and like see what he's done and he has literally done a dick with wings (laughs) (laughs) that'd be that sounds like a great tattoo okay what would be the best place in your body to put that (laughs) yeah wait were the wings like either side of the elbow joint so if you like moved your elbow with the wings flap on the this (gasps) like dick angel I don't know. <laughs> the hospital symbol of like the snake around like the staff or whatever. Yes. And I mm-hmm. kind of, I'm kind of picturing like an artistic version of that because it's got like the wings mm-hmm. and the, I, just, <laughs> I feel like, I just thought this would look a little bit like the hospital symbol. I, I can see that. But yeah, instead of a snake, it's just a dick. Yes. <laughs> I can't put any of this in. This is all going in the blue. <laughs> no time, right? <laughs> There's some sort of connection between an apple a day keeps the doctor away and like the snake in the garden with the fruit of knowledge. Yeah. There's something there. There is something there. There's something, yeah, you're right. Some kind of thing like temptation and wings and staffs. Like. <laughs> 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 Anyway, let's actually get into this episode because we yes. haven't even got there yet. <laughs> we We're already talking about dicks with wings. <laughs> Arguably more important. I think so. I do. I yeah. really do. <laughs> All right. Go for it, Annabelle. Take us through. Okay. So uh, we start with the recap, which is... It was, it was a lot. I 
couldn't really follow it because there was so much going on in it. But it was like a whole bunch of monsters from season one. It was there's a pilot like shot of, mm-hmm. of Sam in the pilot uh, at like the Halloween party. Yeah. yeah. And like talking about how he feels about Halloween and stuff. I'm just like, whoa, massive throwback. Okay. And then we got some information about the seals. One of my favorite lines from Cass of like, you have to show me some respect. It just yeah. sends chills through my body and I love it. Speaking of, big, of, of being horny. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. That, that, that definitely does it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And we see the like Halloween decorations out and about and a woman walking into a house and she's got like some grocery bags and a giant pumpkin and we cut inside and we see this man feeding his baby like presumably like pureed pumpkin because it's orange um, <laughs> I didn't even notice that detail I that. <laughs> <laughs> we never find out what Mrs. Wallace's name is but we find out that her husband is named Luke he's sort of making a joke about how much candy she bought so Mrs. Wallace and the baby, they go off and Luke stays behind to steal a piece of candy. He bites into it. It's all fine. And then like he kind of feels something in his mouth mm-hmm. and they do the most disgusting mm-hmm. shot ever. And I don't know why they did this. And they do this later on, like way later on with being in someone's mouth, Dean's. And they show him like putting his finger in his mouth and pulling out a razor blade and I'm just like oh god no this is a visual I'd never needed I think it's the worst (laughs) shot in all of Supernatural I agree with you I I think that is because they like they made up like a prop mouth (laughs) to put the camera in so that the guy can then reach in to grab the it's so realistic and visceral Mm -hmm. and it was not necessary (laughs) not at all why do we do this why do we do this I swear they made his uh, I maybe maybe not I don't know but I swear they made his mouth too small because like his <laughs> hand his fingers are like way in there and like oh, there's way no too room small. for him yeah. to <laughs> so gross I really hate it and then he starts like coughing and he spits up another razor blade and he eventually like basically gets cut up from the inside out yeah, he just um, and dies on the dies floor. On the floor. <laughs> covered in blood. But there, there was no need for the mouth shot. There was zero it need was for so it. was so intense. <laughs> it really was. And like, oh God, I don't even want to think about it to describe it. But oh, I just, I hated they every minute of it. They made a mouth for that shot. Why did they, ha- no one needed this. No. How much money did they spend to, to give us the most dramatic shot ever? You know what they could have done with that? They could have paid Misha more for his minutes on screen and given him more lines. That's what they could have done instead. <laughs> more lines? He's got a lot of lines in this episode. We want I mean, more. I would always take. Yeah. Oh, of course, of course, yeah. Um, so it's now the next, like later on in the day or maybe the next day, whatever. And Sam is now interviewing the the wife. He asks the wife how many razor blades that they found in her husband and I'm like wouldn't you have found that out in the coroner's report anyway doesn't matter but they're, um, they're not real policemen Annabelle they haven't read the report <laughs> oh well, yeah we've already, inter- we've already discussed this haven't we that like they don't read reports <laughs> <laughs> so yeah as as Sam's interviewing Mrs. Wallace 
Dean is like looking around and she sort of notices him open the oven. And she's she's pretty upset. I don't, I don't just mean like crying. She's like pretty annoyed at them. And like she's like done with the crap. Um, <laughs> like already. We haven't even seen the crap they've, they've given her and she's already done with them. It's great. <laughs> I guess because they're asking kind of not irrelevant questions, but it is kind of irrelevant. And also, you know, there's the whole like urban legend of finding razors and candy and all that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's not real. It's a myth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and so, then like, Sam asks her, like, could you have been having an affair? And she's just like, why would someone try and kill him by putting razor blades and candy he might eat? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and also, how did he eat so many that they ended up in his stomach? But that's not... <laughs> he would stop after one razor blade candy. <laughs> it, it just, it's not Which is fit. exactly what he did. Yeah. <laughs> But but magically, of course, there's more mm-hmm. razor blades than he actually consumed. Exactly, yeah. I I love the like little interaction that Sam and Dean have when Dean eventually so Dean notices that the the fridge has made marks on the on the floor where it's obviously been moved, and he finds the hex bag behind the fridge. The silent communication that they ha- that Sam and Dean have of like God damn, we're dealing with witches. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's um, great. I love it. I, I think I noticed for the first time, or like like realized for the first time, of like, where do these witches get like the cloth for their hex bags? Because they always look like medieval, like peasant cloth that's like 500 years old. It's like always like the the oldest. The red fair. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, don't you have, why don't they ever put in like a dishcloth or some nonsense it's always in really old material that looks like maybe it's human skin it's great yeah (laughs) it always makes me think when i was a teenager there was a shop in our hometown that sold all like magical supplies did you ever go there annabelle yeah i did yeah of course i did (laughs) um we were teenage girls so we thought that we were witches (laughs) but it it used to sell all sorts of stuff like that and I, i reckon if you went in there you probably could have found something that would make a he- like a hex pack that would easily resemble this. Do you know what I mean? Like it had yeah. kind of crystals and bits of like animal bone and uh, all sorts of things. <laughs> I uh, I watched this episode with my sister and she was wondering, is is there like a goodwill for witches? Is there like a place you can get gently used burlap? What's really, really funny with that is that so uh, last Halloween, I went up to Boston to Salem specifically. They had a whole bunch of like witches shops and all that kind of stuff. Of course they did. Mm-hmm. It was a really, I had a really good time, but like going through the shop, I did not notice any burlap not not a single piece of it anywhere it was all like they had all the bones they had all the crystals they had all of this that and the other but like no containers all their containers are like little boxes i love you were looking out for this you were looking for this. well no I, I wasn't looking out for it but like now that you've mentioned it i was thinking back to it and i was like oh yeah i didn't notice anything like that oh, i so maintain nice. where do they get the cloth yeah Great for witches. I like the goodwill idea. That's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> you have you actually have a really good point because so in the next scene, Sam is looking through the contents of the the hex bag, and everything is centuries old. <laughs> so you well, might you would presume that the the cloth is also centuries old yeah that's true well okay here's here's an interesting thing about that so like i said i was watching this with my sister and my sister is 
an herbalist, basically a witch. And <laughs> cool. she's there's this whole bit where they're just he, Sam's going through the contents of the, the hex, hex bag, and he's like, this this plant gold thread it's been extinct for 200 years mm-hmm. it's not extinct it's still it's still around it's thriving in california <laughs> it's like my sister know, knows about it she's seen it in in some like products i think i mean yeah that's classic supernatural stuff just it claiming is. things that aren't true like, i love that so much <laughs> like i think there was one before there was another witch episode where this woman was growing herbs in her garden and he was saying like oh these are all like kind of rare herbs you wouldn't find anywhere I was like I'm pretty sure it's fine I got some growing out the front would the Winchesters come round and think that like I was a witch just because I'm growing some like mint <laughs> yeah it was it was something like it was out of season even though it really wasn't or something like that oh, it was yeah, it was that was the one yeah you're right <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm fascinated to, like what this gold thread herb could have been used mm-hmm. like how it was helpful for this hex bag because I guess it's like a antimicrobial it was used to like treat malaria back in the day oh, cool. it's just like how so how did this how does this add up to razor blades <laughs> oh, I guess if it's, yeah that's true well I guess if it's like an anti-malaria ooh yeah maybe if it does the opposite if it's put in the hex bag because like malaria affects your blood cells right because the parasite explodes your blood cells essentially so maybe if it kind of does the opposite it kind of would help him like bleed everywhere it kind yeah. of works. Well, then we need to talk about the, the rest of the contents of this hex bag. There's like a Celtic coin. Yeah. And then there's um there's a, a bone from a baby. Yeah. Why? <laughs> there's a charred baby bone. Nice. And, and this is this is crazy. This is absolutely crazy because <laughs> Dean's instantly like, ew, that's disgusting. And, and Sam's like, relax, dude. It's over 100 years old. And so... First of all, how does he know that it's like a hundred years old? It's a <laughs> where did he get his degree in in like examining like the age of of charred anthropology charred yeah. bones? Yeah, and B, it's still gross. It's still it's- a baby bone, even if it's a hundred years old. That doesn't change what it is. It, like Dean's reaction is valid, regardless of how old the bone is. It's a wild, wild thing for Sam to say. Think about maybe how Sam identified this though, because one of the ways you identify bone compared to rock is you lick it. Um, oh. <laughs> because no. because bone is porous, it will like stick to your tongue, whereas rock won't. Um, so, <laughs> so you're what you're saying is Sam licked that bone. Sam licked the bone. He licked the baby bone. <laughs> yeah. Why? You know, it is it is funny. You know, talking about the the content of a, a hex bag because I remember in season one, um, Missouri talking about each item and what it did. Mm-hmm. It does matter what's inside, and like none of the stuff makes sense inside, and like they never explain what it would do like he just explains what they are and like can sort of surmise where this is going because of the ingredients but it's just like well yeah by like that that standard of just like it's just stuff like if i had some 
from some like herbs from like the cupboard that I threw in like a bag with some stuff from my junk drawer. Am I going to create like a hex bag? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess a lot of the witches is like intention too. Like you can, yeah, real kind mm-hmm. of infuse your. I don't know, hatred will. for this random dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just random dude. Um, oh, think something we missed bef- before the, the hex bag thing is Dean comes into like the motel um, and Sam's like, you know, he's going through the hex bag, but as Dean walks in, he's like eating candy. Really? After that guy choked down all those razor blades. It's Halloween, man. Yeah. For us, every day is Halloween. It's really good. He just saw death by candy. He doesn't care. <laughs> oh, I love him and his like flagrant disregard for his own safety. <laughs> they know it was a hex bag, so why would he mind? I guess like the hex bag was but, in someone's house. Okay, sure, but but Sam's actually got the hex bag right there. Though. <laughs> That's true. That's true. And he's eating candy with the hex bag in the room. <laughs> the when, when does the a hex bag lose its power like when you open it up when it's found maybe that's when it loses yeah. its power it's just when it, because we see that in the show of like they often they'll just find a hex bag and then just like put it somewhere like they just put it on like the on like the de- like the like a nightstand it's like that's still in the room with you just because you found it doesn't mean it's suddenly <laughs> safe right unless it is unless it's a hex bag is safe the second you, it's been found maybe. but that's the real magic is just being out of sight (laughs) (laughs) and so we we also learned that luke wallace is so vanilla that he makes vanilla look spicy (laughs) which my sister responded to that that vanilla is technically a spice (laughs) which i said is the is such a white person thing to say You could still be right, but be incredibly wrong. (laughs) You could could still be right, but you're still very white. (laughs) (laughs) So um, we cut to the next scene and they're in like some sort of basement and it's uh, nighttime. And can I say, I hate this i was like oh i hope these are these guys are not all these girls are not high schoolers oh no no they're high schoolers and they're- i thought it was a frat party i thought it was a college frat party yeah yeah until me too. my sister corrected me they all look not a day younger than 30 every single person at this party <laughs> there is a uh, there's a sexualization of teenage girls in this episode that is not okay. Uh, not okay. okay. It's not okay. Except they all look like they're thirty. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's very. Um, they're it's, the same age as Dean, <laughs> right? It is very American high school aging of the actors here. Like they all cast them, and they- no, but this is worse than usual. Yeah. <laughs> The only thing I did wonder was, is the nurse outfit a throwback to Jessica? Um, oh, oh, I didn't catch that. Yet. Yeah. Mm. Because I did, uh, the only reason I thought of it was because we saw her in the flashback. I don't think I would have thought of it otherwise. Not flashback. Yeah. Um, recap. Recap. Uh, but yeah, there's some, there's some real icky comments in here. There's some stuff that goes down that I'm, I'm not on board with. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> should have guessed that they were high school i didn't catch this at first but i say in quotes sexy nurse which is definitely she's a child so she can't be Mm -hmm. um and a sexy uh cheerleader again 
not possible. And it's Tracy and uh, Jenny. And Tra- I didn't catch that Tracy asks the boy there, like, have you broken into the booze yet? And it was isn't the previous episode you guys watched Yellow Fever? Yes. Yes. That episode ends with Sam, Dean, and Bobby sitting on like the their cars drinking, and then Bobby like drinking a beer, and then Bobby's like, "Okay, I'm gonna head off," and he gets in his car and drives away. Yeah. It's like so. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. The whole- safety or legality in regards to alcohol is not really a thing in this show. I think we did make we- the we- point that Dean does drink and drive in that episode, even before that. You made that point. I'm so sure is Bobby, that, though. Yeah. He just had a beer was- and then drove off. Oh, Bobby. I, I didn't even spot that, actually. It, but, I mean, I know that that's water to them, but still. I know. <laughs> yeah, that's bad, actually. I, that's bad. I'm surprised that got through, like, standards. Right? This would have been, like, 2008 or something? Yeah, 2008. Yeah. Different time. It's a different time. <laughs> I'm, I was the age of the kids at this party then because I was I was I was 18 in 2008. So like this, and then also having weird FBI guys joke about hitting on me that I know of. The the, the only saving grace for this like next little scene mm-hmm. is that Jenny and Tracy are not fighting each other for Justin, which is the boy that they're talking to. Yeah, attention. Yeah, like they're still friends even though they want the same person. Mm. So I'll give them, that's the only thing I'll give them for this. <laughs> does the one but chick like, die? She does. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if they're friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So in this, in this scene, they, there's like a, they're, they're, they bob for apples, mm-hmm. which is insane um, <laughs> because these are women who, are like clearly trying to dress up sexy and mm-hmm. like you're putting your face in water like what about your makeup <laughs> like, yeah there's no no woman's gonna do this at like a like a sexy halloween party nope. like quote-unquote sexy like you know what i mean like they're, they're not gonna ruin their makeup <laughs> to pop for apples <laughs> i've never but like a appeal of bowling for apples ever not one no it's horrible like so tracy's the way that she did it is never possible Jenny however is exactly how it's actually like to bob her apples I've done it one time and I did never did it again because I was like I drowned <laughs> this is what it feels like I why would you this badly <laughs> no no <laughs> when Jenny goes to do it she can't she can't grab an apple like she's just sort of pecking at them mm-hmm. um and then she gets stuck. So it looks like she's she's drowning and can't like pull herself back up. And then eventually the the water starts to boil. And all I could think was cast in and protect her like the way he protects Jimmy. <gasps> oh <laughs> <laughs> That's so right. Oh. oh man, I can't wait to watch that with like Jimmy sticking his hand in the water. It's become such a meme to me now that I don't know if I'm going to watch it. We then cut to Sam and Dean arriving to the basement, um, and Dean's being gross. That's a high schooler, Dean. Can we can we start saying that this is not okay? Like, even if she's 18, that's it, not okay. It's absolutely not okay, but it's also difficult to take seriously because again the actress looks like the same age as Dean <laughs> it's like okay this is fiction it's like this is a moment that brings you out of it it's like this is very much a thing that <laughs> these are actors yeah I think there's another like, comment like that later on in this season is, with yeah. after school special mm-hmm. it's rough what, what is great is that they do eventually stop making these types of comments later on the, the show yeah yeah 
Dean asks Tracy, like, did you know Luke Wallace? Introduces himself as FBI. She denies the fact that she ever knew who he was. It was a really <laughs> quick scene. Like, the, this scene, was, I felt, was almost unnecessary. They, they could have just walked in, like, been like, found a hex bag and, like, left it. That, that, to be fair, that was pretty much the scene. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. that plus the jailbait thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're back at the motel room and Dean is the computer and Sam is looking at some books and Dean is like well you know they're, they're both squeaky clean there's no reason for any sort of payback and Sam says okay well it's, it may not be about payback it may actually just be like a spell and says check this out which I just love we haven't heard it in a while I know I still love it <laughs> really I could have sworn it was in every single episode <laughs> of the show <laughs> I don't th- this doesn't this this kind Does of Sam like, die if he doesn't say it every twenty four hours. <laughs> I think he might. It's part of the demon blood curse thing. Yeah. Well, okay, it's check this out. So check this out, or and get this. Get this. Yeah. yeah. Those are the two. Those are the two. <laughs> I I love Sam Winchester in this episode. I actually wrote on one of my pages for my notes just I heart Sam Winchester. <laughs> oh, he's great in this. Yeah, I've he got really I've is. got things to say about Sam in this episode. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he he Sam reveals that it's three blood sacrifices over three days just so happened on the Celtic's calendar the final day of final harvest is October 31st so Sam mm-hmm. does go into a whole thing here about like Halloween it's just not I don't know if that's true <laughs> <laughs> like the whole idea of Samhain I'm pretty sure Samhain's just the name of Halloween I don't think it was like whatever this anti-Santa of Halloween is <laughs> like, <making up. laughs> the Krampus of Halloween yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, like carving pumpkins to worship him I'm like what? <laughs> the mask thing is true though I've heard that before about Halloween. People covered their faces to hide from demons. And that's where we get all the costuming. I think it's that's what I've like heard. The, but the, the dead generally, because it is supposed to be. He's right with the like thinning of. I mean, people are going to correct me on this now. The thinning of the veil and things. I think that the lights are kind of both supposed to be welcoming good spirits into your home and warning bad spirits away. Um, so that's kind of true. I guess you can apply it. Do you know what? I love Sam Winchester so much in this episode, I'm going to let it pass. Uh, Sam Heem is uh, a <laughs> demon that got exercised many, many years ago and can only be brought back every 600 years for some reason. Probably not true, but, you know, there are always things. And it just so happens that this Halloween is obviously the 600-year mark, which is very strange because it's a 2008. But then I'm also realizing that's a Christian calendar, so it means Jack. Anyway. <laughs> How do they know it was 600 years of the day? But okay. <laughs> because these things are happening, that's why. Okay, okay fine, yeah. Sure. <laughs> Even sort of Dean questions this, he's like, naturally, of course it is. <laughs> that's, We're that's in reason, town. Okay, that, that's the real reason all the stuff with the breaking of the seals and, and when Sam and Dean were born had to take place. It's all around <laughs> all of this was pushed forward to this exact date true. to make to make room for Sam Hain. That's the real reason. Absolutely <laughs> true. You're no. right. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Lucifer Rising is on Sam Hain's timetable. <laughs> Not the other way around. Clearly a very important demon. By night's end we are talking every awful thing we've ever seen. Everything we fight. All in one place. And I was just thinking, oh, Season 15. The first three episodes. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of... It wasn't that bad, though, was it? It wasn't (laughs) that much of a slaughterhouse. 
No, it's kind of okay. Like, it just kind of worked out. <laughs> yeah, they've had worse. <laughs> the, the only reason why it wasn't worse is because they had a team of hunters with them. Oh, the team oh look at And that. they had a powerful witch. Yeah. Yeah, there's that too. On their side this time. Rowena was bad ass. <laughs> bad ass. Um, so we cut to Dean in the daytime, sitting in the Impala, just like gorging himself on candy. Um, this was so relatable <laughs> to me. Yeah. I've definitely like ended up with a pile of candy wrappers right next to me and just been like, what have I done? <laughs> I'm ah, a monster. It, it makes my tattoo true to form. So um, the, the person who did my tattoo has a thing of doing what's uh, thick boys. So he'll take, she'll, sorry, she'll take um, a whole bunch of just regular characters and just make them fat. And it's amazing. And so the Dean on my leg is actually a little chunky. And that's exactly how he would look. Let's be <laughs> <Yeah>. real. <laughs> it's only the I think the only way he could her. be, he's, he, they're actually thin in the show. The only explanation beyond Chuck being horny is, um, <laughs> it's just that they, they probably go along a lot of periods of time without eating doing yeah. hunts and then they're also like running for their lives a bunch. That's my only assumption <laughs> is that they, they binge eat and then they don't eat and it's, Unhealthy. <laughs> I think, yeah, it's incredibly unhealthy. Yeah. So, yeah, he looks a bit sick and, and his, his phone rings. Um, obviously, it's, it's. Um, I mean, he looked at the, the ID before he answered it, but, like, clearly it's, who else is it going to be, Dean? Like, you have, you have Sam and you have Bobby in your phone. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much it. Every, like, four seasons, an old contact of John rings them up, so, you know. Ah, uh, that's true. You gotta, you know, look for that reason. <laughs> Just in case I'm gonna have some, like, dad trauma to talk about today <laughs> while eating candy. So, you know, they have a chat, and they he, Dean's watching the wife of the guy who, who coughed at his razor blades, that he's not seeing anything, um, until eventually he notices, while he's on the phone to Sam, um, Tracy appear and go into this woman's house so she's clearly the babysitter I think she takes the baby as she walks in Dean kind of <laughs> he doesn't explain this to Sam he's just this, like son of a bitch which is classic he, he said this interesting because they're looking for like a really old witch and they found this teenager instead interesting look for a centuries old witch yeah well if you were a 600 year old hag and you could pick any costume to come back in wouldn't you go for a hot cheerleader I would I, I know that this is more of supposed to be more of the uh, Dean is attracted to cheerleaders thing. Yeah, but wanting to be a cheerleader is very different than being a, like that's not that you're crossing like like streams and they don't connect. <laughs> yeah, you're just trans, sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's said with too much sincerity. I think that's it's a lot of sincerity, <laughs> right? It's like he like not just sincerity. Like like he's thought about this before. He's dreamt about <laughs> becoming a cheerleader. <laughs> yeah. What's funny though, also, is that you could you could interpret that as like he would just come back as a male hot cheerleader. Oh my god! <laughs> right? I didn't think about that. I didn't think about that. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, I'm sure they exist. I mean, obviously, male cheerleaders exist. Yeah. And he just says hot cheer. I mean, obviously, the implication is to come back as a teenage girl. He does not understand what he's asking for. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, he might. I, I still, I'm, I'm 
a trans dean <laughs> enthusiast. <laughs> I like to think that he he did have like you know the experience of, of puberty in like a female body <laughs> as mm-hmm. a teenager. Season four, like actually, I do love this because I've seen loads of head cannons online, um, especially on like Tumblr and things about like I, it's always tagged transnatural, which I also love, and <laughs> I think. There is a reading in, especially from season four onwards, that actually makes complete sense if you do read it in that way. I absolutely think there is. I think there's a ton of evidence Mm -hmm. starting in in Lazarus Rising and going forward. Yeah. I mean, we didn't mention it in Lazarus Rising, but yeah, the whole checking out the body thing, uh, the way Bobby greets him. It's, um, it's... Like if you if, if anyone out there hasn't looked at it and is interested in this content, there's a lot out there, and it it's a really good reading of this season. Generally, mm. it's it, it's just really really great. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a surprising amount of evidence for it. Yeah, yeah, and of course we've got the ghost face ghost faces effect that would explain you know why we don't see that he wait we don't think he looks like he's trans you know what i mean yeah so uh, annabelle if you, if you haven't heard this before so it was, mm-hmm. it's a really interesting theory like theory um that basically season one to three dean would be essentially in a, a, a trans man at when Cass brings him back from hell because you know dean's a dude he rebuilds his body and then yeah. we see that moment where he he looks at his chest in the mirror and it's like what whoa and you know and and mm-hmm. the way that like sam and bobby greet him of like almost like it takes him a moment to realize that it's him almost is, is like you can read that in their faces if you want mm-hmm. it's uh yeah it's pretty good <laughs> that's a really good read hmm, i'm gonna have to look into that yeah, yeah. It's, it's fun as well like I really love the how people um, like take you know take this kind of stuff and you find your representation in it it's, yeah it, it makes me really happy <laughs> well, and there's more than any like character I swear that, that I know of mm-hmm. Dean refers to himself as having like he, he, in various seasons he refers to himself as having uh, hymen he refers to you know his yes. boobs his nipples at one point he references like I'm gonna get toxic shock which like what like yeah dude knows about toxic shock mm-hmm. like <laughs> like what like you know like masculine macho dude knows about toxic shock exactly right yeah <laughs> it's all very it's all very hmm this is kind of what I would like from a, a a podcast or a convention or something is to like people to present these kind of ideas to the people who wrote these episodes and be like, do you realize that it could be read in this way? And was there any intentionality to it? Because it would be really interesting to hear their thoughts on that. One of my favorite things is that, especially in the earlier seasons, if you watch any shirtless scenes with Dean or maybe scenes when he when he's just in bed, it, he's almost always like covering his chest. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of shots where he's, like, got, like, a sheet pulled up. Like, he's a woman, like, yeah. like covering his boobs. <laughs> yeah. Um, or even, like, if he's got a shirt on, but, like, season four, there's a lot of shots of, of him with, like, the, sleeping with, like, the coat on top of him, like, pulled up over his chest. And it's, mm-hmm. there's a lot of, like, it's like, hmm, you've got, you've got, like, chest dysphoria. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I, yeah, I really, I, I, I agree with you. I super enjoy it. I think people have taken it and put such a, like the evidence is there it's it's there yeah (laughs) Yeah. especially Mm -hmm. with the ghost faces effect yeah like being able to hand wave any like but then why does he look like it you know Mm -hmm. stuff like that right yeah it's cool okay so so they kind of dug into tracy as a person and they found out that 
she got into a violent altercation with one of her teachers and got suspended from the school. Uh, and then we cut to the school, so they've clearly gone there to investigate this girl. Uh, and as they walk into an art room, like Dean has this weird stare down with like a really creepy looking mask. Um, mm-hmm. But it's like every time we see the mask there's this horrible sound effect over it I didn't like this because well, it's the hell sound effect it's like yeah. a screaming yeah. hell Cause, and if you look at the mask it kind of does look like a distorted like hell face from like a like an old painting or something it does yeah mm-hmm. so the masks that were on the side by him were like whatever like fun painted but all of the ones above mm-hmm. yeah, were like, like on the ceiling sorry yeah we're just like they almost look like peeled faces. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh, I, I hate that that came out of my mouth, but like <laughs> it did. <laughs> it's very much reiterating that Dean's having kind of like flashbacks to hell because if we'd seen him before he went to hell looking at this mask, he would have made like a snide comment about it or something. Yeah. But here he's well, just staring at this mask and like doesn't make a joke. So it's clearly something serious is going on in his brain at that moment. Well, and like Sam's actually the one that makes the like the the snide comment because he's yeah. like, "Does that bring back memories?" And Dean's like, "Wait, what do you mean?" Mm. And 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 Sam's like, you know, being a teenager, all that all that angst. <laughs> um, <laughs> And it's it's like that that would have been the, the Dean comment in any other season would have been like, you know, to, to make a comment about being a teenager. But mm-hmm. but no, it's mm-hmm. it's it's Dean just staring down this like hell mask. Yeah. And that comment from Sam of like bringing back memories as a moment of panic in Dean's face. Like, oh, crap, does he know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He does eventually like kind of snap out of it, I, I, I guess. And um, he sees a kid putting a bong into a kiln <laughs> and says, that brings back memories. Um, the, the kid says, dude, I'm going to need a bigger kiln. And I don't know why I really like that. You <laughs> need a bigger mouth. You need a bigger mouth, yeah. <laughs> My sister refuses to believe that Dean has ever, ever used a bong. I, I think he, I, I think that's all bravado too. I agree with you. I think... Yeah. I disagree. Like, how else does he self-medicate? I mean, al- alcohol, of course. But, like, <laughs> I'm just thinking about, like, especially, like, you know, in high school when, like, John was away or mm. during the Stanford years. Like, man, he's got to, like, like find some sort of way to, like, boost his his serotonin levels. <laughs> I don't know. Like, we, Amy and I have spoken about it before, and... I'm kind of inclined to think that like Sam was the one who did all the experimenting because <laughs> Dean had to be on top of it and protect Sam all the time. So he would never impair his mind like that, right? Well, but the alcohol, he clearly does all the time. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But like he's got such a yeah. like an addictive like he you know, he he binge eats and he he drinks a bunch and mm-hmm. everyone has pointed out that like like he probably smokes though, right? Like he definitely uh, smokes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> it's like of course he's 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 done you know, he's done drugs. I don't know. I I can see it. The the only reason it makes me think that he doesn't is because the references that he often makes are just pulled directly from like stoner movies. Like he's <laughs> yeah. only known the pop culture references <laughs> surrounding it. He he wants people to think that he's 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 done drugs. Um <laughs> 
because he, he, so they think he's cool but yeah, yeah essentially it's all part of the like I don't know perception that he wants to give out and I'm not even sure what that is at this point <laughs> I don't think he knows no. <laughs> our guess is as good as his I think so. <laughs> uh, yeah so a teacher appears his name is Don Harding and he insists that he's he's Don to everybody so, um, so he's a cool teacher <laughs> So, yeah, Dean and Sam introduce themselves as FBI, um, as Agent Getty and Agent Lee. they asking about Tracy, and he explains that they had a violent altercation, just as it was said in her report, because he had basically... He was trying to rap with her about her work. <laughs> Again, he thinks he's a cool teacher. <laughs> he thinks he's yeah. cool. He, like, he'll sit on the desk next to you and be like, Hey, kid, what's up? <laughs> do any kids actually like cool teachers I don't think <laughs> I always think they're just trying a bit too hard that's, yeah there's a, there's a difference between being a cool teacher and actually being a cool teacher if you try to be cool then you're not cool right that's like the, the definition <laughs> exactly but yeah apparently he was talking to her because her work had got inappropriate and disturbing and Dean kind of turns and looks at the masks again like oh, yeah <laughs> and apparently she would like draw page after page of like bizarre cryptic symbols and then you know draw herself killing people and Sam shows Don the, the coin that they had the Celtic coin from the hex bag and he's confirmed that it was the same symbols when they ask where she is Don says she's probably in her apartment because she's an emancipated teenager um, so lives lives alone this was super weird to me because why does he give them all this information I mean he's Hmm. <laughs> hmm. hmm. All of like the like double and like triple plot twists with the two witches mm-hmm. is really confusing. I agree, and also like weirdly unnecessary. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there, there was no need for the. I don't think there was any need for there to be two of them at any point either. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No. All of none of none of this this witchy plot line really makes sense it's like I feel like they concentrated so much on the plot of this episode of like when the angels come in yeah. that they kind of let all of this stuff fall to the wayside because it doesn't it's just weird it is it's but, just weird like the, the, and maybe I'll talk about this later as well but like the final thing of this where they do kind of summon Samhain literally could have been her like the Winchesters could have shot her and then she gets kind of possessed by him and there could have been a whole moment where he like overtakes her why was there the need for the weird like brother kissing thing and, <laughs> anyway right? I didn't like it I didn't like it <laughs> So they go back to the motel and as they drive up, Sam explains that Tracy wasn't anywhere that he could find. Dean says, luck is not our style, which, okay, Dean. I, I do like the line, it's like the bitch popped a broomstick. Like, okay. What does that mean? <laughs> right. It's just a Deanism. Like, I know, really but that was odd. It's one of those lines where I think because I, I spoke about this before whenever Dean speaks to Cass he must be just incomprehensible like if he had said that to Cass he would just look to him like okay Dean the only like saving grace pun not intended or intended is uh Cass like knows Dean's soul right yeah. like, so he can kind of understand Dean because of like mystical reasons <laughs> otherwise they would have zero it would be like different languages yeah it's like speaking to aliens like they could never have done it Dean this is a reference. Dean talks like 
He must appear to Cass. Have you ever watched that Star Trek episode? It's like Dharma Kanjala Datanaga. Yes. It's that, right? He talks in memes. Yeah, and like little <laughs> stories. Yeah. Yeah. Because, uh, again, Annabelle, I don't know if you've watched this, but the idea of the episode yeah. is like the Universal Translator works. Like it's, it's translating it back into English. But because they're, they basically talk in gifts to each other. So like they explain <laughs> it through stories. Like, um, so it, it's, it's incomprehensible. It's amazing. Yeah, all of their conversation is references to like cultural stories right yeah basically like how we would appear to any outsiders while talking about supernatural (laughs) (laughs) yeah like if i I wanted to tell you i was making pasta i would be saying like well i'm I'm pulling a jimmy or something yeah (laughs) that's that's what it would be it's just like that means nothing to anyone right so basically it's it's cockney rhyme slang it is kind of Cockney rhyme slang, yeah. It kind of works like that, yeah. It's it's a it's a great great episode of Star Trek. Anyway, no, <laughs> I, I can't go one episode without talking about Star Trek. So Dean and Sam walk in, and they they are stopped by a little kid who's dressed as an astronaut, and they have this kind of like weird interaction with him. Um, this astronaut's trying to extort them for candy. <laughs> well, he's, he's trick treating like way too early for fun. Yeah. But it's also like such a needlessly hostile interaction. <laughs> Basically, like Sam says, oh yeah, we have a ton of candy in the car, but like Dean's clearly eaten all of it. So he's like, no, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> or he wants to eat all of it. <laughs> no, he, he definitely ate it all already. Yeah. The, the, I think both possibilities are equally true. That Schrodinger's candy in the impala. <laughs> Like eating an onion. Uh, and yeah, the kid kind of gives Dean the stink eye as they walk <laughs> off. Well, this, no, I, you forgot about the, the, the bit where, where Dean like fat shames the kid. Oh, yeah, no, you're for right. He can't fat shame him. He, he's like, I think you've had enough because the kid's kind of chubby. Yeah. And, uh, but it's like it's like Dean, you literally just binge ate what had to have been like dozens of pieces of candy like earlier this episode, mm-hmm. like two scenes ago. <laughs> you are not in a position to like fetch shame this kid. All <laughs> oh, black, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's kind of a weird like almost like um, cowboy standoff they have with this kid. Like it zooms in on Dean's eyes and this kid's eyes are kind of staring at each other. I love it. This kid is just like, he looks like he he's he's gonna, yeah. He, he, he looks like a threat. This kid's a threat. Yeah, this kid is a threat. Yes. <laughs> the only threat in this entire episode. Yes. <laughs> I would agree. And does the most damage psychologically. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll get there in a second. Oh. Oh, so they go into the motel room, and Sam immediately draws his gun because he's shouting like, "Who are you?" And the camera zooms out, and we see Castiel yeah. uh, in all his he's like, glory. Well, he's like sit- he's like sitting on like the bed, like facing away from them, looking very sad. Yeah. <laughs> Dean immediately goes in and like, no, 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 wait, wait, that's, that is Castiel. And then sort of clarifies the angel. Uriel is stood by the window. I mean, and, and Dean does say like him, we, we don't, I don't know who that is. Cause he's stood with his back uh, to the room, just ignoring them. Yeah, they both are just facing away. <laughs> this break, this scene breaks my heart. Actually, like I, I felt it break into. Sam is so happy to meet Cass. I know. Hello, Sam. Oh my God. Or, uh, I didn't mean to. Sorry. It's an honor. Really, I, I've heard a lot about you. 
he almost calls him sir like I can almost feel it like, yeah. yeah and he walks forward like holds out his hand to shake Cass's hand who's kind of turned to greet like face him and it's just it's, it's way too long for Cass to shake his hand like it's way too long <laughs> well but yeah, it's, it's I- like has Cass ever shook someone's hand before he probably doesn't fully understand it that's true I- yeah, no. Okay. It doesn't seem like he's snubbing him. It's like he, he takes him a moment to realize what it means. And I, you, Sam Winchester, the boy with the demon blood. Glad to hear you've ceased your extracurricular activities. If you watch his face, there, he kind of looks a little bit happy to meet him. I always thought so. Yeah. I want to I wanna pay homage to the Sastiel shippers here because okay. I think this is, like, a big scene mm-hmm. for them because I've seen, like, fan art of, like, when, like, of, like, the, um, the handshake where, like, they shake hands and then cast, like, cups, <laughs> like, <laughs> Sam's hands. Like, mm-hmm. he, he, like, holds his hand in, like, both in both of his hands. And, uh, I mean, obviously this is when they meet, but it, it's, it's so interesting because cast throughout the show is kind of consistently the only angel that, like doesn't usually treat Sam like a, a monster. I mean, I know he says the boy with the demon blood here, but like <laughs> generally he doesn't, like if we, we see how like Uriel treats Sam throughout this episode yeah, that's versus mm-hmm. cast throughout, you know, any of this really through this season, season five, he really goes to bat for him. Mm-hmm. It's, he's, well, it's, it's such, okay, this is what gets to me. Destiel purposes, there's a lot to think about with like, the faithless man falling in love with like the fallen angel. Like there's a lot there. Yeah. But from like a friendship or a romantic whatever perspective for Sastiel, it's like the, the the boy with the demon blood that's that's prayed his whole life and has believed in angels his whole life, but is constantly like snubbed and rejected by heaven except for this mm-hmm. one angel who mm-hmm. <laughs> who doesn't treat him like a monster and and it's it's very i, I get i get emotional about them i'm not a sassy yeah. shipper but it's, i, it's, I a, uh, it's a very sweet love story by the sounds of it <laughs> <laughs> well in there's a lot of moments in season five where <laughs> where Cass is like he's very good to sam in season five yeah it's a shame that they don't have as much stuff with the with us two later on in the show i mean i have said before on the podcast like i i've always read the sam and Cass is like best friends and yeah. the fact that they become best friends against kind of the odds is is mm. wonderful there i really love their relationship and i've always read it as Cass kind of tolerates sam because of dean to start with and then he gets to know him and they actually become incredibly good friends who have a lot in common <laughs> Um, I mean, one of my favorite things in in season five is like, I mean, I don't know, spoilers, but there's the bit where he's, Cass is like facing off against like Lucifer and Cass is in like the ring of holy fire and he nearly like walks straight into holy fire once like Lucifer like mentions Sam. Mm -hmm. Like like Cass Mm -hmm. is like, he's like, you are not going to touch Sam Winchester. Like he instantly, like he looks, he's about to like, like tackle Lucifer Mm -hmm. as soon as he mentions Sam and it's just like, oh, 
Yeah. <laughs> that is really nice. I, I, I like I I agree with you. I think Sassdale shippers have something there. There definitely is. I wanna read this now. It's like he wasn't snubbing him. I still, yeah, you should watch it again. I, I quite love it this. again. <laughs> what's what's funny is you I also read it initially as snubbing, but then at the same time, like so when it first happened and he didn't the, the long wait was like, oh him snubbing him, but then he does look at Sam and look at his hand like as this this is the first time a human has like even after knowing that I'm an angel still wants doesn't fear me and doesn't want to like yeah. not t- like doesn't want to attack me Annabelle that's so nice well but it, it's, yeah like he, he doesn't just shake his hand but like he like, like I said he like cups his hand it's yeah. like very mm-hmm. it's I don't know it's very gentle like the the responding touch from Cass is very like to me when someone puts their hand on top of your hand after you shake in that kind of way it's more like thank you for being here yeah 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 I mean it's like for, from Cass's perspective it's like Sam and Dean are a little bit celebrities yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the boy with the demon blood the righteous man like I've I've read Chuck's awful books about you mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> we know he's we know he's read them yeah I, I think he was excited to meet Sam <laughs> You know what? You're you're winning me over because I if you actually imagine this the other way around, if Sam had gone to shake Uriel's hand, the reaction that would have like garnered would have been awful. Whereas, you know, Cass I think we haven't seen Cass kind of touch another person in this season yet. There's a moment in I think it's episode three where he puts his hand on Dean's shoulder and that's pretty much been it. Yeah. Um, yeah. so I think you're right. I think he appreciated the fact that Sam went to greet him. I really like that. <laughs> and he's he's not rude or dismissive to Sam really mm. like at all yeah. in these seasons. Uh, maybe one or two exceptions. Obviously, there's a time when he's drunk. That doesn't count. But he's drunk. <laughs> <laughs> and and also the you know the line about the the boy with the demon blood. We know that Cass is socially awkward. Scribing him. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think what I said to my sister was like, if the situations had been reversed and this was his first time meeting Dean, he would have been like, ah, yes, the righteous man, or ah, yes, the the soul saved from hell. You know what I mean? Like it was just it's just a way of referring to yeah to these people. Okay, yeah. Do you know what? You have won me over. Yes! Yes. No, uh, my, yes. my opinion has actually been changed. <laughs> I, uh, I I feel the need to stand up for the Sassiel shipper sometimes. I'm like, <laughs> you have your work cut out for you. You have so much less contact to work with. <laughs> they really do. And they were, they, you're right, they really have zero to work with in those final seasons because there was no Sam and Cass interactions, which is really sad for me. Yeah. I, I do love their relationship. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. Bit more aggressive from Uriel, but I mean, what else do we expect? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Uriel's not my favorite angel. I'm just going to put that out there. Now. Uriel is such an asshole, <laughs> but I really love him. <laughs> like, he's super enjoyable. Like he's absolutely like I would, I would try and punch his lights out if I knew him in real life. Yeah. But he's really fun to watch. And he, he does explain why Sam and Dean think angels are dicks. He, mm-hmm. he has a yeah. great narrative purpose. <laughs> <laughs> so Dean looks to Cass and says, like, who is your friend? And they don't really address who Uriel is. Cass just asks, have you managed to stop the raising of Samhain? And, like, basically interrogates him about, like, have you found the witch? Is she dead? (laughs) (laughs) And they explain that they know who it is, but they haven't really done anything about it yet. Cass says, like, well, the witch knows who you are, too, and finds the hex bag that 
has been put in their room. Um, it was in the walls of the room. So I wonder what would have happened to them if, uh, well, I mean, they would have died. But um, <laughs> if, 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 like, Castle or Yorio hadn't found that hex bag. My, my sister asked the question of, like, how did the witch put it in the walls? Because mm. that's what yeah. the hex bag was. And what I posit is that we see, like, a painting on the wall. I posit that the witch, like, punched a hole through the wall, <laughs> put it in there, and then replaced the painting over it. Yeah. <laughs> and that's where the hex bag was. Maybe they took, like, the light switch off and put it in there. Because, <laughs> again, like, it's ob- if there's obvious damage, then obviously, like... It's, it's yeah, yeah. clear to where it'd be, but yeah, I didn't notice painting. So my brain was like, oh, yeah, they just, you know, found an electrical socket and put it in that. <laughs> but this is supernatural, so of course that wouldn't have been the way. <laughs> the, the punching's much more dramatic. Uh, yes. Or, like, did did Cass or Uriel, like, have to, like, angel fly, like, face shift through the wall <laughs> to, like, find it? What was this? What did, how, what did this look like? <laughs> it would have been great if they had just, like, sensed the hex bag. So when Sam and Dean walk in, there's just a load of, like, you know, fish-shaped holes in the wall where these two angels have been trying to find this hex bag. <laughs> <laughs> also, to my point uh, earlier, the, the hex bag is intact. It's still in the room with them. Yep. <laughs> They found it and it's magic, magically dissipated. Exactly. That's my point. It's object permanence magic. It's so good. And Dean asks Cass, why, why do you care? And it turns out that Sam Haynes, one of the 66 seals, Cass is very much saying, like, you know, Lucifer can't rise. We must stop the breaking of the seals. But they, they can't find this witch because they're not omniscient. I can never say this word. Not omniscient. The witch is powerful. She's managed to, like, cloak herself because, you know, Dean's like, okay, fine, you know, tell us where the witch is. We'll kill the witch. Done. Job done. Sam wants to work together because he's Sam and he's a lovely boy. <laughs> and Guriel's just like, no. So if we work together... Enough of this. Okay, who are you and why should I care? His voice is so great. Um, yeah, he's got a, such a great voice. It's perfect, like, spot on, like, how I would imagine an angel in a, in a vessel... <laughs> like Mishra a lot of crap for doing like a deep voice for Cass but I do feel like the other angels do it too I mean definitely Uriel yeah yeah Uriel did it too he clearly you know came on and saw what was going on and was like okay I need to lower my register <laughs> Jake Abel uh, as as Michael kind of does a bit deeper mm, yeah. and uh, I think I think Matt Cohen for for Michael briefly I mean maybe not like a lot deeper but like it's it's still kind of like chest voice I don't know how to say it <laughs> yeah I know what um, you mean <laughs> I feel like even D like Jensen does it for yeah the- yeah totally <sighs> Everyone makes the voice lower for an angel. <laughs> except for, except for well, like, the guy who plays uh, Zachariah. Oh, he yeah. Just, he just sticks with his normal, like, like sort of sleazy voice. It's great. <laughs> which, which makes him stand out more as, like, almost like a bad... I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Like, it makes him yeah. stand out more as a, a bad guy angel. Oh, and of course, there's, there's Raphael, probably the deepest, like, <laughs> voiced angel. That's so true. But I think that's the actor's voice, so... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was choices that they made at that point to have but I mean it cut if you think about it, it's a huge like a if you think how big an angel probably it like a yeah. biblical descript angel is, yeah. to then try and compress it all into like a human vessel, like something's gotta give, and apparently it's the voice. <laughs> <laughs> 
Kath introduces Uriel and he calls him a specialist. And Uriel kind of dramatically walks towards them. Um, as Dean asks, what kind of specialist? Kath says, you need to leave because we're going to destroy this town. Very dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> Dean's like, so this is your plan. You're just going to smite the whole town. Kath says, you know, we're, we're out of time. This witch has to die because the seal must be saved. And Sam's like, well, you can't do that because there's thousands of people here. A thousand people here. Uriel actually knows how many people there are and still doesn't give a crap. 1,214. And you're willing to kill them all? This isn't the first time I've purified a city. Dude, I love Uriel's lines yeah. and the delivery. Oh, yeah. uh, he's, he's very... Oh, yes. He's a dick. He's not enough episodes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and Cass c- tries to like smooth it over in his Cass kind of way and says, I understand it's regrettable. It's like, it's a little bit more than regrettable. We are back at the, like, trolley problem. <laughs> Cass tries to explain why this is a good thing that they have to, you know, destroy this town in that, you know, the lives of a thousand against the lives of six billion. Cass says, there's a bigger picture here. And I do think it's interesting that Sam and Dean rarely look at the bigger picture. It's always about who the one person that they can save at this point. Like you look back to, um, why can't I think of the episode? And I hate it because it's Hendrickson's episode where they all die. Anyway, you think of that episode. They were not willing to sacrifice the people that were there and yet they all die anyway. (laughs) They're not very good at trolley problems, but like I think that's part of their charm. (laughs) (laughs) That's the whole comment between... Cass and them in, in season six really is can you do a little bit of evil to like save the many <laughs> Cass is Spock adding to my thesis you know the needs yeah. of the many outweigh the needs of the one oh, I mean like Destiel is clearly like the spiritual successor uh, or like not even successor maybe like child of <laughs> yeah of Kirk and Spock absolutely 100% <laughs> yeah. Cass just reiterates saying that, you know, Lucifer cannot rise. Uh, he does, he raises, hell raises with him. And he's like, is that something you're willing to risk? Um, he says that very pointedly of like, mm-hmm. Dean, are you willing to risk hell? Hint, hint. <laughs> um, Uriel just says, we're wasting time with these mud monkeys. Okay, <laughs> cool. <laughs> Thanks you for think that. You're, you think you're so cool. You are a little bit, but still. <laughs> um, Cass says, sorry, but we have our orders. And I I hate this for Sam. He suddenly realizes that angels are not who they like. It's because like, no, you can't. Sam. Yeah. The thing is, though, in the Bible, there's like, Lots of examples of them just wiping out people. So, like, why oh, is yeah. he shocked? <laughs> well, how much of the Bible has has Sam like read and paid attention to? And yeah, like maybe cherry picked like the. I mean, good I know there's angels. a Bible in every like hotel room. But. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I, I do. I guess I guess like you know they've seen demons and they've seen hell, which are not particularly like mentioned in the Bible. So I think Sam goes with the like pop culture version. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of. A lot of you know, Christians, believers do, so, yeah. Yeah, you know, of like, yeah, fluffy wings and harps and halos and things or, and being out there because they're good. If you're like, your main, like, exposure to angels in the Bible is like, Gabriel appear- appearing to Mary, right? Like, yeah. that's like a relatively 
chill one. Yeah, <laughs> you know, there's, oh, yeah. There's not a lot of like yeah. death there. Unlike usually with angels in the Bible. <laughs> yeah. That's one of the good ones. I guess. He, he does impregnate her, but yeah. Yep. I don't yeah, I don't think Sam's praying to the Old Testament God, you know? So it, it is kind of a shock, I guess, because he thought they do have this kind of, oh, you know, demons are the bad guys, angels must be the good guys. But then I don't understand kind of necessarily Sam completely believing that because he's working with Ruby, like he clearly trusts her. So he must know there's some gray areas between the two of them, like the demons versus the angels. Dean throughout like this entire show once he meets Cass he quite often you know like denounces like all angels except for Cass yeah you know what I mean like he's he's pretty like anti-angel all the time and his best friend's an angel (laughs) and he's and he's not wrong to be because most angels are dicks yeah so you can't do this you're you're angels I mean aren't you supposed to you're supposed to show mercy says who Cassiel says we have no choice of course you have a choice I mean, come on, what, you've never never questioned a crap order, huh? What, are you both just a couple of hammers? Look, even if you can't understand it, have faith. The plan is just. How could you even say that? Because it comes from heaven. That makes it just. It must be nice to be so sure of yourselves. Tell me something, Dean. When your father gave you an order, didn't you obey? Is this is this the beginning? Is, is this the beginning of him questioning stuff, really? I... Properly? I brought up before. I think four oh three is where Cask starts a little bit of questioning stuff. He feels this time so around. Yeah, because he kind of feels so like when he takes Dean back in time, as he's kind of ordered to, to show him what happened, and then he sees how much it affects him. I do think that's kind of like, did I do the right thing? I I, there, I feel like there's a bit of that end of the episode where he's like, did I do the right thing? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's so weird to think about like where did Cass start questioning things in season four, even though we know he's, like, rebelled in the past but had his mind wiped. Yeah. It's it's very, like, Groundhog Day, like, of just, (laughs) he keeps getting reset. Mm -hmm. I mean, in some ways, like, questioning is at the core of who Castiel is, and that's why he keeps getting, like, mind wiped. Um, (laughs) You know, so... Yeah. It's such a it's such a part of his personality that I don't necessarily think there is a beginning where he's questioning stuff. I think as soon as he comes back from Naomi, he's almost immediately like, What's going on? Why am I doing this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I it think didn't he, work. Yeah. I think he just inherently rebels. Yes. Mm. Dean calls them both he said, are you both just a couple of hammers? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's calling them tools. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it, it's just because it comes from heaven. Cass makes a horrible reference, a horrible, horrible reference of saying, tell me, something. <laughs> <laughs> tell me something, Dean, when your father gave you an order, didn't you obey? Dean doesn't have an answer for this, but the thing is he didn't always obey. And he did eventually start to question. So, jog on, Cass. (laughs) It's almost like they're mirroring them, though. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And also, also Cass is bullshitting here. Yeah. Because based on what we know later in the episode, it's like, it's probably because Uriel's there, right? Like, it's not... Mm-hmm. Just uh, I I I love this I love this line so much because Dean and Cass are so similar in some ways that 
I've, I've said this before, like, they're so similar. It must be in, in almost infuriating to be around each other because they're so similar sometimes. <laughs> but it works for them. Because, uh, yeah, I don't know. The foreshadowing of that line is, is awesome to mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Um, so Dean says, sorry, boys, you know, plans changed and we're, we're going to stay here. You know, if, you, if you're going to smite this whole town, you're going to have to do it with me here. And you went through a lot of trouble to get me out of hell. I don't think you, you know, you're going to disobey the man upstairs to kill me. Uriel just threatens him saying, well, you know, I'll, I'll just take you outside of the town and just do it anyway. But like, I'm an angel bitch (laughs) that's how i read that yeah dean says that we can do this we'll find the witch we'll stop the summoning he's also like um you'll have to kill me in order to get me to leave this town yeah which is ridiculous because they can just teleport (laughs) but okay (laughs) it's funny when for me when cass introduced uriel i almost took it as like Uriel being higher management than Cass but this like little interchange Cass just holds up his hand and tells him enough Mm -hmm. I don't know what the power hierarchy is with (gasps) these two well in this episode it seems very much like Cass is his superior yeah that doesn't exactly last throughout the season for reasons but I think here he is yeah I feel like at some point that's not necessarily pinpointed Cass gets a demotion yeah (laughs) (laughs) but you're right I mean I'm not gonna go into it here but they screwed the hierarchy of angels in Supernatural um, to the point that it's pretty annoying but um, fine (laughs) (laughs) yeah they are basically dismissed by Cass Uh, so Sam and Dean leave they go back to the Impala and the Impala is covered in eggs (laughs) <laughs> and Dean just yells out astronaut <laughs> I love that he's so valid for egging the Impala yeah uh, they deserve that they were withholding yeah. candy from a child they didn't necessarily have any candy left but yeah <laughs> but Dean definitely fat he deserves it he deserved the Impala to be egged I, I just love it because he's so silently angry like you, you can see, as Anvil said, like the emotional damage <laughs> that did. After this, do we see the Impala again? Like, does it have the eggs on it after this? I don't know if we see the car again. Because I'm just wondering if, like, they have this in te- this tense encounter with the angels, and then before they actually drive off, they like spend 20 minutes cleaning off the Impala. <laughs> with Castiel's, like, you have you have like one day to like stop the steels from being broken. Like, go, I'm giving you a chance. And then and then they spend the next 20 minutes cleaning off eggs. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if I believe that it's it's vital to the investigation. Um, yeah. Dean couldn't function any further in this case if the Impala was yeah. covered in eggs. So. Yes, exactly. <laughs> because they are driving, of course they must have a conversation. Uh, and Sam looks pretty upset. I mean, I thought they'd be righteous. Well, they are righteous. I mean, that's kind of the problem. Of course, there's nothing more dangerous than some a-hole who thinks he's on a holy mission. That's that's the interesting thing here is like Sam says he thought they'd be righteous and he means that as like a good thing that they would be, mm-hmm. you know, good people. And then and then Dean thinks of being righteous as like a bad thing of just like, yeah, of course they're righteous. That sucks. Yeah. And it's so interesting to see that A, that dichotomy and B, the fact that Dean's the righteous man. Dean's <laughs> being righteous sucks. There's <laughs> just a lot there. <laughs> like being righteous is such a, it's a sort of almost like a nondescript word right yeah yeah because it's righteous righteous of of what mm. yeah 
Yeah. Because you can you can be righteous of something evil. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's, the thing is, he's seen hunters, I mean, John for one, but other hunters too, who believe they're on like a righteous mission and knows how damaging that is, like how obsessive and focused they get on it. I mean, Gordon thought he was on a righteous mission uh, when he was trying to kill Sam. It's like no, no one who's a bad guy thinks they're a bad guy, right? <laughs> I think they're doing it for the right reasons. I mean, maybe some people in this, you know, some demons, but I mean, it's- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Sam's like, you know, this is God, heaven, the thing I've been praying to, tries to reassure Sam here. Mm. And it's really sweet. I really like what he says here. Just because there's a couple of bad apples doesn't mean the whole barrel's rotten. I mean, for all we know, God hates these jerks. Don't give up on this stuff, is all I'm saying. Babe Ruth was a dick, but baseball's still a beautiful game. We we know the reason why that he doesn't want Sam to give up on this stuff is because like Dean knows how bad hell is. So yeah. he wants him to have he wants him to have hope. Yeah, that's yeah. true. He doesn't want Sam to lose his faith. You know, I think for Sam he Dean recognizes how important faith is for Sam, I think, with all the demon blood and stuff. Like he he knows that Sam kind of needs something to believe in. Which is is nice. I do like that. Also, I don't know if he's just trying to like up the chances of Sam going to heaven because you know, the odds are stacked against Sam on that front. Yeah, they really are. The whole bit where he's like, Babe Ruth was a dick, but baseball is still a beautiful game. So what he's saying is like, you can you can divorce the, the art from the artist, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Mm-hmm. death of the author. <laughs> you know, divorce heaven from, from God, maybe? Divorce Supernatural from the writer's room? (laughs) (laughs) We all love to do it. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, And of course, because, you know, after such a heavy conversation or like they didn't get interrupted by a phone call, but Sam wants to move on. Um, And he's looking through the context of the hex bag and picks up the bone um, and says, you know, it's, it's difficult to char a bone this much more than what a, a fire or a kitchen oven could do. Now, Dean should also know because of all of the pyres they've, they've built. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, there, there's there's another like thing I could write here. Is like, I think Dean might secretly be a little bit of an arsonist. Um, <laughs> there, there's something in that there's a line later on as well. So he should know this. Oh yeah, that line, yeah. Yeah. They figured that Tracy used the kiln to try the bone, but then they realized actually the hex bag turned up after they talked to the art teacher, Don, not after they spoke to Tracy. And Sam's looking around the office and they see this bottom drawer that's got a lock on it, uses a hammer <laughs> to um, break open Use the, the lock. Now. there's just like a a tape like a little tray of baby bones like just leave the evidence behind sure okay why is that where you store your tray of baby bones (laughs) right especially where you know when when they're doing the spell there's obviously like where they live and like where you would store all of your stuff and whatever yeah okay (laughs) so we we cut to a park and Castiel and Uriel are sat on a bench and they're watching some kids in Halloween costumes. This line means so much more now. Um, again, because I didn't really remember this episode going in. The decision's been made. <laughs> By a mud monkey. You shouldn't call them that. And I, I took that as like heaven's decision. I'm like, oh, no, no, this is Dean's decision. Yeah. yeah. 
Because I, I didn't understand why he said by a mud monkey, and now I get it. You're right. This conversation, unless you're really paying attention, doesn't make much sense unless you're rewatching the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I was being particularly dumb when I was watching it, but I also didn't pick up on it. I was just like, oh, okay, fine. <laughs> are, you, are you also calling myself dumb? <laughs> Fair. Yeah, always. <laughs> I love the way that Uriel describes it, it makes me it describes human it, humans it makes me wonder what angels see when they look at yeah humans because he says they're savages just plumbing on legs it's like that's a really weird way to describe someone especially since like is there plumbing in heaven <laughs> it, it makes me feel bad because I just once described a snake as just a tube, and now I'm like, maybe I was being a dick to the snake. <laughs> yes, to, to to all those snakes out there. I, I, you is were there a Mario Angel, like a plumber angel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is Mario himself an angel? I mean, maybe. The motivations for saving Princess Peach, let's be real, is not to be righteous. Oh, I thought it was more like Mario and Luigi. Are they like Michael and Lucifer? Like, <gasps> yeah! Okay. <laughs> but then who's Bowser? Who's <laughs> Bowser? I mean, you know, I would say Bowser. Ba- I don't know. Bowser is Luigi gone dark side. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and you know that makes like Princess Peach. She's just Dean. Yeah, she's Dean. <laughs> she's, she's, she's the the princess that. that yeah, and the castle of hell. The castle of hell, and, 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 and Mario's got to pull Peach out of hell. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah. There's some there's some more fanfic ideas for you guys. Yeah. I want to see the Mario, Luigi, Dusty L. Because um. people were short on fanfic ideas. Yeah. <laughs> I do like the fact that, like, Cass then says, you're close to blasphemy here. Which, like, can we start looking at humans as if you disrespect yourself, you're disrespecting God? How wonderful would that be, like, for some people to have that realization? That's true, actually. I mean, it also means you can't insult anyone, which is... Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I can go right. like that. <laughs> That's true. That is true. <laughs> Unless I want to like, be blasphemous, which, yeah, kind of. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Here he's kind of comparing Uriel to Lucifer because this is whole Lucifer's yeah. whole shtick, you know. Yeah. He's hating humans, yeah. yeah. Hating humans mm-hmm. thinking he's superior to them and you know <laughs> a, a lot of the angels are on that like Lucifer train. It, it, once you start like looking at their interactions with humans, you you can see you're almost like why why did Lucifer get singled out as being the one who like fell in this situation because a lot of the other angels are like dicks too no, <laughs> he's probably just the one that was loudest about it that's what yeah. I think which to be fair then he's kind of justified just here we go hot take Lucifer's kind of justified because you know he was just kind of a scapegoat really I mean yeah it, well, it depends. Did he actually try to, like, kill humans? I can't remember what the... Or was it just, like... Because I think the way Lucifer himself frames it is just that, like, I, I dared to love God more than his creation. That's the thing, yeah. But it's like, okay, that's your story. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you tell it. Like, yeah. And and the way Heaven tells it, I'm sure, is also 
skewed, so it's the answer to somewhere in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> of like, Lucifer tried to kill some human, not that many. Oh, <laughs> 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 tangent here. I don't know if they ever um, specify here whether other angels fell with Lucifer, like the, some of the commanders and like demons and the older demons in hell mm. are foiled angels or they are just demons. I think they kind of mentioned with Lilith that Lucifer made demons. Yeah. Um, but it would have been cool if they had actually mm. been fallen angels. Like, I think they are in, in other stories. Yeah. Stuff. I, think I don't think there are any. Yeah, that, that initially fell with him no. in, in Supernatural. I think, I think that's either like angels that fall later or everyone else is like some degree of demon. It would have added to the whole family feud thing that goes on. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So they continue to have their conversation and Cass is like, well, you know, it's out of our hands. There's nothing we can really do. Uriel again suggests that they just take Dean Winchester out of the town and just, you know, eviscerate the town. And again, like, Cass puts such emphasis on like, you know, our true orders. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what does that even mean? And obviously looking back on the rewatch, that makes more sense. Yeah. And he says, are you prepared to disobey? Which I'm guessing, it, you know, the, the consequence is falling from heaven. We yeah. think at or, this point. Well, mm. I mean, this is what happens to Cass in like the rapture. So it's like maybe not initially getting kicked out of heaven. Just, you know, some some like torture, maybe. Or like, you know, some a re- a, like is that a reset? It's now, so it was like dusk as they were talking. It's now nighttime and we're following a group of kids and they're trick-or-treating, but they avoid one particular house. And it's a house that Don is in and he has Tracy stringed up. Camera choices were made with this, basically doing the spell to summon the demon. And he goes over to her, puts the knife to her throat. And as Don's about to kill... Tracy, he's shot from behind by either Sam or Dean. Uh, it's not really clear who. And they cut down Tracy. Tracy's like, oh, thank you. He was going to kill me. And then he turns out that, twist, she's a bad guy. And apparently, Don is her brother. <gasps> Which, why? So, like, two seconds before they shoot him, he's like, fondling her like upper boob with the mm-hmm. knife yeah mm-hmm. and she's like there's a lot going on there <laughs> and i'm not happy about any of it there was zero no. reason for them to put this weird incest twist in this like <sighs> it's like so my understanding is that they, they these witches are essentially demons and they're like body hopping right yeah. so it makes no sense as to why I bet you what it was is in a previous draft they were demons mm-hmm. and then and then they became uh, they became uh, witches in the in like the the last draft but like there was holdover of um we don't see we don't see witches possess bodies like ever again do we no no I mean it's just it's weird it doesn't track with like the lore <laughs> there, there was zero reason to make them siblings too they could have had them be like the demons in Sim, Sin City where they like are a couple through the seasons you know if they're gonna make it if they're gonna make it weirdly sexual which they do like, mm-hmm. and they continue to do in like a, a second yeah which they didn't <laughs> need to do 
you know, at least you could explain it, I guess, as like if they're hopping bodies, they're having some kind of like extended love story like the demons in Sin City, which was like better because at least their vessels were appropriately aged. It's just, I, why? There's no reason yeah. to make it this weird. Other, th- and th- other than, I guess, because they're villains and it's an immoral thing that they're doing. Well, they've got to con- continue like the... The propaganda of of witches are are like skeevy and and, and pervy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't need to be brother and sister, but here we are. They are. Yeah. She she does very much have demon powers because she throws right. Sam and Dean across the room. Still a demon. The, the demons. They're <laughs> not witches. They're demons. <laughs> well, so I guess you know they are very powerful witches because they are like six hundred years old. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a pass to the writers here. I'm gonna give them an out. So they're 600 years old, and they're kind of mentioned in like um, Malleus Maleficarum that you know demons sell their souls to hell to get their powers, which I think again is retconned later because I don't think Rowena would have ever done that. Um, mm-hmm. No, that, and yeah. so maybe like the longer you live as a witch, the more kind of demony you get. So basically, like demons on earth. Yeah, kind of. You know, mm. they've already sold their soul or like corrupted it in some way, and that's kind of what happens to demons, right? Their souls kind of get corrupted. So maybe mm-hmm. they do it on that like slow, gradual path because they're however old. The implication, so the implication being, as soon as your soul is corrupted, you can body hop. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Who knows? I mean, I mean maybe it, after long enough, powerful enough, you know. But <laughs> to be fair, there is a there is an instance where essentially Rowena kind of I always thought if she body hopped because she gets killed right and then she does this kind of magic and appears again later as herself and I always had kind of that she just had a spare body somewhere (laughs) (laughs) not that it necessarily regenerated but she's had a spare spare Rowena (laughs) in that like weird library it was like under a glass case like Snow White (laughs) How old is Rowena? I don't know when she got her powers because old enough to be a milf. Yeah, old enough to be yeah. a milf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess like older than Crowley. Um. Yeah, that's <laughs> a lot though. Yeah, so it must have been. I think he said he like 14th century, but I think she was already a witch by the time she had Crowley. Maybe. Well, so. I, no, hold on, hold on. He's older than her because of hell time. Oh god! <laughs> <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I'm dragging us out of this hole. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> too much to think about. Too much to think about. Too much mass. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so Tracy was going to be the final sacrifice, but now that Sam and Dean had killed him, he was the sacrifice. She gets down by Don's body and like bleed, makes him bleed into a cup or a goblet and starts another incantation and why don't only bad people get cool goblets yeah they are a cool goblet <laughs> <laughs> she says you know back in the day the this is the one day you kept your children inside um and now they're going to see what halloween really is which is funny that she calls it halloween instead of like <laughs> Or Hallow's Eve. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sure that's probably what she... Anyway. And then Sam does this really gross thing. He dips his hand <laughs> into Don's blood and, like, wipes it on his face. And then just, like, does the same thing to Dean. And it's just like, oh! 
Oh, I hate it. I hate it so much. If they've got so much blood on their faces from uh, from people they've killed, plus themselves. Yeah. But, like, there's, there's a difference between, like, blood splattering on you and, like, dipping your hand in someone else's blood and just being like, I'm just going to put it on my face. <laughs> and so Tracy starts the, the incantation and she manages to summon Sam Heem. He walks over and pos- he possesses Don. I have a question. Mm-hmm. Why is it so much effort to summon this one demon? Or is it like storytelling gone crazy she's just like a real good demon like you know it's just really good it's just a really old one so it's he harder <laughs> well okay so they had to kill three people at like the right time the dude clearly had like three seals to release him yeah <laughs> from hell <laughs> he had like a little mini like thing of what lucifer had <laughs> <laughs> i think also, like summoning demons, like generally when they summon demons, they're already on Earth. But she's summoning a demon from Hell, so maybe it's different. All right, okay, I'll give you that. I mean, there's this, this cool bit where like the the floor like cracks open and the the smoke yeah. comes out. I love mm-hmm. that. That's pretty cool. I liked that. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> because he's possessed Don, he walks over to Tracy and he, he she says, "My love," and they kiss, which is gross because they're supposed yeah. to be brother and sister, or maybe not because they're in different bodies. I don't know. <laughs> well, but Whatever. now it's Sam Hain and. Yeah, so maybe she doesn't associate the vessel with her brother, which I could... Okay, fine. And he says, you've aged. And she says, this face, I can't fool you. He responds, your your beauty is beyond time. And then just like breaks her neck and calls her a whore. What is it with calling witches whores in this episode? Not not this episode, (laughs) series. Series. It's because witches are like classically like a female like empowerment like it's women Mm -hmm. taking control of their lives yeah and there's you know like from like a sexism point of view there's there's no bigger whore than a woman that like doesn't need a man and that can protect herself (laughs) which is crazy right (laughs) and it's maybe a threat to men yeah (laughs) and at this point we haven't seen any like male witches they have all been yeah women as far as we know which male witches are whores they're they're very very slutty (laughs) (laughs) that is a stereotype that's true <laughs> so Sam and Dean are playing dead on the floor, and Sahim Samhim has horrible vision, like triple vision. Like he can't really see anything properly. It's like no, the, the demon, like there's something intrinsic to the demon's soul that gives him bad eyesight, which is hilarious. This is got demon some glasses. Maybe it would have solved all of his issues, and maybe he wouldn't want to end the world anymore because he wasn't like super angry about not being able to see things. Just you know, mm-hmm. healthcare solves everything, really. They invented contact since you were last on Earth. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to. I mean, maybe they didn't have glasses last time, you know, Sam Hain was about, so who knows? Yeah, what was the first, like, who eye knows? glasses? I feel like ancient Egypt. I yeah, like right? I read that once. That seems like an old thing. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, plot point, it works. Yeah. <laughs> This, this this is why I wrote in my notes I heart Sam because like this is this line is just peak Sam Winchester. People used to wear masks to hide from him, so I gave it a shot. You gave it a shot. It's it good. has Route Six 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 energy. Yeah. 
<laughs> just I like, mean, I'm cool, it might work. <laughs> he's the lore boy. He's... Trust the lore boy. <laughs> it's, it's the, I'll, I'll say an exorcism backwards and it will reverse exercise a demon because, you know, why not? <laughs> yeah, so good. I love that, that, that side of Sam. <laughs> They're just like... <laughs> accidentally like smart Sam <laughs> there's something about Sam that has big like scientist energy because sometimes you just try things you're like well it yeah, should like, work like mad scientist right like, inventor energy <laughs> I mean he's got he's got long hair if he just kind of made it spikier then he would really look the part absolutely yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> and Dean's just like in disbelief and also probably like relieved (laughs) you'd think over the years he would learn to trust Sam's instinct on this like crazy stuff that he does sometimes but I don't think that ever like whenever Sam does it he's like it's his younger brother because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> when, when Dean does it it's a good idea like again in, with the yeah. topper that's true <laughs> no when Dean wants to burn things down it's a good idea adding to my arsonist theory <laughs> listen you know there's something called the reenactment of trauma where like you repeat bad things that were done to you oh no yeah I went there <laughs> Oh, Danny, you made that so worse. I, I love it. That's my role in this podcast. I make things work. I, I am coming for you. I'm coming for your role. Watch your back. No, no. <laughs> Oh, oh no! I, do, I like turn and like do like the villain thing of like smirking at the camera. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my god! That, yeah, that's made any time that Dean's gonna set anything on fire like a million times worse. So cheers, thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're welcome. Okay. So we see Sam Hain walking down the street, covered in his blood. There's loads of kids about, so they don't really care. It's Halloween. He looks like he's in a costume. Sam and Dean kind of... They don't follow him because they... they I guess they waited till he left. So they come out of the house and we're like, we've got to find this guy as they're wiping blood from their face. <laughs> Sam immediately has another just... He just pulls this out of literally nowhere... He's just, where do you go to raise other dark forces? And Dean's like, oh, the cemetery. And Sam's like, yeah, the cemetery. And it's like, okay, we're going to the cemetery, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> they get back in the Impala and have a conversation. Sam says, you know, this demon's pretty powerful. Dean's like, yeah. <laughs> Sam's like, you know, might take more than the usual weapons. So... Dean's like, no, you can't use your psychic powers in this case. Um, Ruby's knife should be enough. I love this. He's like, you can't use your psychic powers that Ruby are help- is helping you develop. So let's use Ruby's knife. <laughs> right? <laughs> that would be better. <laughs> Either way, it's, it's, it's a Ruby. <laughs> exactly. Like, she's, she's but just- a knife is something, you know, he trusts because it's a weapon. Unlike, mm-hmm. you know... <laughs> Does that ever not become Ruby's knife? It it's considered, I think, later by as as Sam's knife because like Dean's got his like you know fancy gun and then for like when people depict them in like art and stuff and sort of merchandise, it's always like Dean's gun and like Sam's demon killing knife. I think. Well, I mean, 
I think they definitely think of it as theirs, but they might call it Rupee's Knife because mm. I don't know why they don't name the weapons. Like, they should do that. Yeah. <laughs> like, I wanted to see, like, Dean call this grenade launch, like, Big Bertha or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, one of the reasons Dean's against it is because the angels said so, which is super interesting at this point. <laughs> um, he, he just, he didn't need any reason to be against Sam's freaky ESP stuff. No. <laughs> He's watched Star Wars enough. Like, he knows where this is going. Yeah. But, but Luke, but wait. <laughs> Luke has powers and he's, he doesn't go dark side. Yeah, it's true. But I don't know. Does, does he think... Dean, that's just what it is. Dean thinks of himself as, as Luke and, and Sam as Anakin. <laughs> yeah. But, oh, had the prequels well, actually, he thinks of himself as Han Solo, but... Yeah. <laughs> yes, but I think the first prequel came out in like the late 90s. Yeah, so he knows. He thinks he's going to go dark side. Sam says, I, I don't know. You, you said they were a bunch of fanatics. And Dean's like, yeah, but, you know, I said that, but because they agree with me about this, they're right. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's, he's looking for confirmation bias because he's always, he's always been skeptical of his powers before the angels are like, tell him to stop doing it. Yeah. Right. So he's just, just confirmation bias. I mean, what is Dean if not looking for confirmation bias? Yeah, it's life? like he, he just Googles, is psychic powers bad? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and sends Sam the only article he can find that says, yes, they are bad. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Like, WebMD. Yeah, she shouldn't be getting <laughs> headaches and nosebleeds, so psychic powers. <laughs> <laughs> um, if, if your psychic powers give you headache and nosebleeds, that's a sure indication that it is, in fact, evil psychic powers. <laughs> <laughs> from the devil <laughs> I like the idea that he's just every now and then Sam gets emails from Dean with these articles in just like stop using your psychic powers or psychic powers <laughs> <laughs> because it's coming from Dean it's like in the subject line like you couldn't even put it in the body of the email I don't know, Dean. Doesn't seem like they're right about much. Forget the angels, okay? You said yourself, these powers, it's like playing with fire. Because I believe it was, <laughs> not last episode, but the episode before, where he was like, I'm going to stop using them because they seem bad. Dean does play with fire in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> We're back there. <laughs> Dean gives the knife to Sam, and the demon killing knife. So they get to the mausoleum. Earlier in the episode, the teenagers had said there was a mausoleum party on Halloween. So they're all there. All five of them. All, all five of them. Yeah. <laughs> and the mausoleum party. <laughs> what is this Buffy? Right? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they, they think they hear the cops, but it's actually Sam Hain. And they're like, oh, it's Don, the art teacher. And he just comes up and closes the gate and locks it and kind of smirks at them and walks away. <laughs> It's super weird. It's like really awkward. It's really weird. Yeah. And they just like rattle it like, hey, can you come back? Like, what? How did he lock that so easily? Like, he can't right? see. Well, did he have a key or was it like a deadbolt? Was it a padlock? Because I, I, I questioned later how this gets opened. So I think the key was probably already in the lock. He just closed the door. Those kids could have broke that door. Yeah. Like, it's not... I don't think it's a padlock. I think it's just, like, a regular, like, like lock and key. Victorian lock thing. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. So, the, like, the the crypts in this mausoleum start to rattle, and then this kind of... This zombie pokes out and 
killed one of the teenagers, but like it looks like he kind of dragged him into some kind of like grinder because the blood sprays back out. <laughs> that is wild. And obviously, all the teenagers freak out. Sam and Dean must hear them screaming because they come running down the stairs. And Sam just says to Dean, like, help them and runs off where Dean's like no you're not going okay (laughs) 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 Sam just runs off Uh, you know Sam runs after Sam Hain and then he Dean waits and he motions to the teenagers to move back from the door and he okay yeah this is what I was wondering he shoots the lock (laughs) that's why I thought it was a padlock because I I mean I don't think that works either why would you if it was on the flat on the no look okay supernatural logic he shoots the lock and guns equal okay so he just gets through the thing um guns solve everything <laughs> don't you know that yeah guns guns solve it, it, it they count as lock picks and monster killing devices <laughs> Dean gets all the teenagers out a zombie comes up and like uh, you know another one crawls out and Dean kind of holds up his silver stake and says bring it on stinky who are you talking to Dean um <laughs> The zombie doesn't care. So Sam's gone to look through the rest of the mausoleum, which is huge, by the way. It has, like, stained glass windows and stuff. Yeah! This is a nice mausoleum. <laughs> it's real nice. He, they went down some steps. So how... So is this, like, part of the mausoleum that had the stained glass, like... Is this, like, under a church? Like, what is it? It's like, like, if it's built into a hill, you could maybe have a window... That might make sense yeah. why you would go down steps and there to be a window, but again, I am... Um, they, they did it for the aesthetic, Annabelle. Okay, <laughs> all right. was very good, the aesthetic. It wasn't good. <laughs> yeah. So Sam Haynes, like, facing away from Sam as he walks in, and he turns around and tries to kind of do what Lilith did to Sam. It's like a bright white light. Well, he tries to, like, smite him, because I guess demons have smiting powers. Yeah. When Lilith did it, it was almost like some kind of explosion like some kind of demon bomb thing that she sets off because but I don't know if that was just like because it affected the gas pipes in the police station I'm not sure or like what well, it does it never, that don't... could be evidence of like they're actually fallen angels would That's be if true. they have the smiting power yeah mm. hey 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 it does look really similar to the angel smiting it absolutely does you're right I mean, Sam calls it a demon ray gun which is kind of cool um, but just dismisses it because he's a badass demon boy. Um, <laughs> I really like. I will not on a t-shirt. <laughs> You're a badass demon boy. What are the odds that they chose Sam Hain as like you know whatever the baddie for this episode because it's like Sam Hain and Sam's evil with the demon blood and <laughs> boy king and like <laughs> they're making a point in this episode about Sam's like powers. Mm-hmm. And I just sometimes I think the writers are really simple, and it all comes down to like word association. I mean, I could believe it. So <laughs> Me too. Being real clever here, it's like, oh, this this guy's associated with, with Halloween, and his name has Sam in it too. Like we've hit the jackpot, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this feels like a crypt key thing, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sam Hain runs at Sam, and I really like Sam's uppercut that he does here. I don't know. I just thought it was really great. You know, they have a whole fight. We cut back to Dean fighting zombies, and he's just, like, staking one after the other with these silver stakes. I'm like, how many does he have with him, and why does he have that many? Um, well, so I'm guessing they, the the way that zombie, like, they've established with children shouldn't play with dead things, uh-huh. that a stake through the chest is... 
how you kill zombies in this world. So but he has multiple solid silver sticks with him. So they made a whole bunch after. <laughs> you know he wants to fight zombies, so he is he wants prepared to <laughs> fight zombies. Fine. <laughs> So is it like wait solid silver like I believe so yeah they could be so rich if they have solid silver <laughs> right and they're huge too also what what wouldn't it be just enough for it to be like silver like coated like plated or whatever I mean, either way getting silver is like through the body possibly I know because silver's quite soft really just like, saying like economically speaking it's not good and they don't need to be so huge surely silver plating must work but can you fight zombies? on a budget these are the important questions (laughs) it's important hunter questions yeah for sure i mean because they gotta save that silver for the bullets too like there's a lot of silver they're getting through they are raiding like antique shops on the daily well okay no no no. you know why you know why they have enough silver for for all this stuff (laughs) it's because all these guys were like preppers before they became (laughs) hunters and they had like silver buried in their yard i mean like every prepper does i can fully believe that i mean the apocalypse definitely could have inherited these from john or bobby probably has a bunch of stuff lying around his house they're all secret millionaires if bobby (laughs) hasn't buried silver at like at some point as like a backup i'll just eat my hat right (laughs) bobby who built a bunker on a weekend doesn't have stash gold and silver Mm. yes right (laughs) unbelievable So he manages to kill, um, it shows him killing two of these zombies with the stakes, and then a woman appears behind him and he tries to stake her, but she's a ghost. And so she like flickers away. Yep. Flies him across the room. Zombie ghost orgy, huh? Well, that's it. I'm torching everybody. That's really good. It's a really <laughs> funny line. I just like that. He's like, do you know what I'm out? I'm going to burn the place down. <laughs> it's like, it's too many different types of monsters. Fire! It's not even the first time, like we said, in the Tulpa, they didn't know how to get rid of it. So he was like, guess we just burn the place down. <laughs> fire is not always the answer, Dean, but I mean, yeah. You know, he just imprinted on fire at a young age. He, he really, really did. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I hate that, but I love it. <laughs> Sam and Samhain are still fighting. He, Sam does get the knife out, tries to stab Samhain, but it, it, it kind of like sizzles in his skin and gets pushed out of his hand. And then Sam gets thrown away from him. As he stands back up, Sam decides to use his psychic powers instead to stop Samhain coming towards him. And Because now he's weaponless, yeah? Yeah, exactly, yeah. It's very Jedi. It is. He's got his hand out. He's getting a headache. He's clearly, yeah, struggling to lift a rock. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's clearly using a lot of energy to like keep this guy back. He's very strong because he's still managing to advance on Sam even like against his psychic power. We see Sam's nose start to bleed. What's interesting is Dean appears in the doorway while this is happening and just doesn't try to help Sam. Mm-hmm. Well, he's like shocked. Yeah, yeah. I guess. Was yeah, I, he has seen it before, but it's different this time because Sam's struggling so much, and he he kind of looks like he looks a little bit like it's killing him, <laughs> right? But yeah, there's almost like a morbid curiosity in Dean there, like he kind of want to see how this plays out because mm-hmm. he could have run up and like tried to stab Samhain or something at this point. I yeah. feel it's I I think you're right. I think he's just in shock seeing Sam like this. 
but he has seen it before, but maybe not to this extent. I just, I, I thought his expression was, was good. I mean, eventually Sam manages to exercise Sam Hain. It's, he's really close to him. I, I like the visual that initially the smoke's coming out of his bullet wounds and then eventually comes out of his mouth. He like chokes back up this demon goop. Um, mm-hmm. I really like the, like, you're right. The choking up of the demon blood's such a good visual. Uh, demon smoke. Yeah. Demon smoke. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, he manages to do it. And as Don drops to the ground, Sam and Dean kind of make some eye contact. And uh, Sam looks at him pretty kind of sad, disappointed. I don't know. Yeah, it's a, it's a look. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely like... I didn't catch exactly where Dean was looking, but do you think his initial reaction was like, Sam ignored me and is using the powers and didn't even try? Yeah, maybe he thought what I thought. Like, where's the knife? Why is he not trying yeah. to use the knife here? No, I mean, I think at least by the end of it, I think the like the look on Dean's face is just like he realizes, oh, maybe there is a use to this power, mm. and maybe this is doomed. But maybe we're just like screwed here because of like you know what I mean? Of just like maybe there is occasions where he will he'll have to use it, in which case my my brother's soul is is doomed. Sure. The tragedy of like Sam would have died here if he hadn't used his powers, kind of thing. Of like, oh crap. Yeah, that's totally right. Like, there's no situation there. Sam's never going to use this again because the demons are after us. The seals are breaking. He's going to need. Ah, oh, damn. Supernatural. Why? Mm-hmm. <laughs> And also at this point, like there has, there really hasn't been that many consequences of Sam using his powers and each time that he's used them, like it's been in defense, Mm -hmm. right? And he's not seeing where it's really going. Whereas once Sam really stops using his powers is because of, you know, Lucifer is, uh, has possessed him at this point. Mm -hmm. It's it's probably also harder for Dean to be super mad at Sam here because Sam's like was bleeding from yeah. from doing this like it doesn't look like something no. Sam wanted to do because like Sam's hurt now mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. it's it's the realization of the extent his brother's going to go to to kind of win yeah you know even to the extent of hurting himself through using these powers um, it's all very tragic it's all very tragic it's all very self-sacrificing tragic it's very winchester yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're all thinking it yeah <laughs> right we got to the end guys we're at the epilogue we did it <laughs> <laughs> we're here it's like so six yeah. scenes left <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they won it says one day after halloween mm-hmm. it's november 1st yep tomorrow november 2nd it's an anniversary for you, right? What are you doing here? It's the day Azazel killed your mother. And 22 years later, your girlfriend, too. It must be difficult to bear. Yet you brazenly use the power he gave you. So is this the yeah. first we've we've first date we've heard for the like the Mary and Jessica's death? Is this the first time we've heard of it as being the second of November? No, I think. And I'm just I'm just guessing here, but I'm pretty sure. I think it's subtitled in the pilot. Okay, okay. But I'm, I'm not 100%. <laughs> so you might be right. This might be the first reference. By the way, when we first see Uriel, he's just like sitting on this like bright green couch. The, the motel room is really weird. <laughs> it's just like 
it's it's an odd shot of him just like sitting there on this garish couch. One thing though, okay, sorry to bring this back to dates and stuff, but the only way that makes sense that April 2nd, sorry, April 2nd, what am I talking about? Uh, November 2nd being Jessica's death is that they went to a Halloween party right. like a week before Halloween. <laughs> because what? they go, like, if it was Halloween night that they went to that party, that means they found the woman in white, killed her, somehow had a day, like, I mean, it could be they possible. Drove far away, right? To it was in a different. It was still in California. Yeah, it, how no, much time right. passed during that pilot? You're right. Like, it must have been at least like two days, right? Yeah, yeah. So maybe maybe they went to a Halloween party on the third, like on the thirtieth, because maybe it was like a like a Friday night or something. You're totally right. That I've never made this connection before because I always knew it was November second. Hmm. Yeah. I guess no no okay but it's not like they have got two days like if it's Halloween they've got November 1st and then they come back on the night of November 2nd so they have two days well I mean how much did they do in that episode that would have taken a lot of time I'm trying to think like how many nights I think there are only two nights <sighs> there's the first night like which would have been the Halloween that would have been the night after the party right yeah when Dean breaks in and then there's uh, the night where they they actually kill the woman in white or like not really and that that, that takes place at night is there another evening? I think because there's the one there where is... they the ghost car and Dean jumps off the bridge it's a different yeah. night right yeah yeah right <laughs> we're missing the that's day not, that's, yeah. that's not that's not the same night that he breaks into the apartment no, surely it's not it's not I don't think well look so that could have been November 1st and then so could they have gotten back to <laughs> Sam's and, and, and Jessica's apartment the same night that, that they you know like finished the case are they saying that like November 2nd night is sort of like early morning November 3rd like you know how you say it, it's oh. like that or would night it been but it's like 11pm November 2nd yeah. which is right. <laughs> this is my brain <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I, I think maybe it worked, but I don't know. I, look, Chuck's a crappy writer. So. <laughs> That's true. Anything in Supernatural could be excused because Chuck is a crappy writer, or he's a liar, or he's horny, basically. Yeah. All of it. Uh, anyway, come back on track. You know, Uriel just basically scolds Sam. He says, you know, you, you were told not to use your abilities. And Sam argues of saying, you know, what was I supposed to do? The demon would kill me and my brother and everyone else. And Uriel's just like, no, you were told not to. And that's it. He just, he basically is just like, you, you were told, you've been warned twice now. You know, my brother was right about you. You are dicks. Which <laughs> Uriel doesn't rise to the bait. <laughs> This really has to be really heartbreaking for Sam because an angel is telling him that, you know, the reason you're uh, still alive is because you're useful. Mm -hmm. But the moment that you cease, this ceases to be true and you're more trouble than you're worth, you know, I'll turn you to dust. It's pretty rough. Yeah. It's such a parallel to the scene in 402 where 
Cass is in the kitchen with Dean yeah. and is like, I could throw you back into hell if you don't mm-hmm. show me respect. But like, this is so much crueler. Yeah. It's, it's a lot more evil. <laughs> Be- because Sam believes, he believed in them. You know, he believed that he was doing good and that he was on the right side of things by using his powers. He's basically just again being confirmed by angels that he doesn't matter. What he did, they don't have any interest in him. They're only letting or him his live. Safety. Yeah. Because you know he's not a threat to them at the moment so it's awful for sam if this, if this was if i had this encounter with an angel i started drinking demon blood too just to like give them the finger them. <laughs> yeah <laughs> well and like uriel comes here just to like throw his weight around and like mm-hmm. and like insult sam like there's no need for this conversation to happen especially given what we know about uriel later on yeah he doesn't actually care that sam used like his powers no mm. exactly like this is yes. it it's just to be a dick it's just there to be a dick he just wants to feel like a or, big man yeah. <laughs> or is it he knows that this is not going to have the effect that he wants as in like him telling Sam to stop doing something is actually going to turn Sam to do it more they don't really want the apocalypse to happen but they kind of do because Uriel doesn't care about the humans right so he's okay mm. for them to be wiped out encouraging Sam to actually go down the dark path he gets Uriel gets what he wants like reverse yeah. psychology kind of I know I'm using that term wrong but like reverse psychology kind of thing I think yeah, yeah. 3D chess it's <laughs> kind of 3D chess on the angels party right a lot of heaven and hell is doing that in this season so yeah. it's, it's mm-hmm. fair I mean, having the brothers against each other as well is very much good for their cause at this point. Right. Exactly, because um, he then goes on to say, as for your brother, tell tell him that maybe he should climb off his high horse and then says, ask Dean what he remembers from hell. It's just such a dick move because, again, he's basically saying like, you know, Dean's been judging you this whole time for, for demon powers or whatever, but you have no idea what he is, kind of. You know, like you don't know what mm-hmm. he did. I don't think Dean should have to share what happened to him in hell with anybody. Like, this this is one of the things I'm I fully well, um, on the Dean train of not telling anyone what happened in hell. No, but, but that's the thing. It's not about what happened to him. Like, that's, mm-hmm. that's like, the high horse thing. Is it specifically a reference to what Dean did in yes. hell? Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know... You can make the argument like you don't. People don't have the right to keep secrets about the bad things they've done. Mm. <laughs> I guess I don't know <laughs> because, for all intents and purposes, Dean was a demon in hell for like a decade or whatever. It's you know, um, so it it is a bit rich of him to come up and and tell Sam not to do something. But then again, he's like, "Well, don't do it because I see where it leads." Yeah. There's, there's well, contacts that Dean's not sharing with Sam that would actually be useful to his argument for him to stop using demon power. <laughs> I mean, even aside from just like caring about Sam on, on like a certain level, if Sam goes to hell, whether that's like now or ever, Dean, it's got to feel like what Dean did, like Dean's sacrifice was worthless then, right? Yeah. Like, from like mm. Dean's perspective, it would feel so um, useless of like, no matter what I did, my brother ended up in hell. Mm-hmm. That sucks. That real sucks. I think we all can agree that this this was an unnecessary confrontation, but it definitely but, plays into a lot of angst uh, in the next few episodes, I feel. Well, I mean, it's such an interesting contrast to the next scene mm-hmm. yes. between an angel and a, and a Winchester. And I think that's maybe the point of it. 
That's true. Yeah, definitely. Because so we can get into that a little bit here. Um, so Dean is sat outside watching like the world essentially, and it shows that Cass is sat on another bench next to him. Let me guess, you're here for the I told you so. No, I'm good because I'm really not that interested. I am not here to judge you, Dean. This is absolutely the complete opposite of what Uriel just did to <laughs> Sam. Dean's questioning why Cass is there. Dean's like, I've had enough, you know, I've had enough of these orders. Give me more information, essentially. And Cass says, our orders were not to stop the summoning. Um, they were to do whatever you told us to do. They were testing um, Dean, yeah. Yeah, to see how he would perform under battlefield conditions. As you said, they were doing the the trolley problem on Dean. They they were yes. seeing if he would sacrifice a town to save the rest of the world in their opinion, and he didn't. And, he chose that, the town. And that's part of like Uriel's almost disobeying earlier on is like mm-hmm. he still wants to nuke the town. Yeah. And and even though they have orders to do whatever Dean says. And it, and it's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's part of like, Uriel's not great at obeying. Now is he? <laughs> um, well, he, he doesn't want to, uh, he doesn't want to obey something inferior. That's, that's yeah. the thing, isn't it? I, ironically, this is one of the quote unquote orders from heaven that, that Cass is really good at obeying. Yeah. <laughs> is is mm-hmm. listening to Dean here. I- this is it. Like, I think th- this episode shows there's kind of a... D- they both had the same orders, like Kat and Uriel, and they both interpreted them differently and both thought that they were right. Because there's actually no confirmation. So so Dean says, so I failed your test. And he says, you know, if you, if you could do the whole time travel thing again, I would do it over and over again. It doesn't matter. You misunderstand me, Dean. Not like you think. I was praying that you would choose to save the town. You were. These people, they're all my father's creations. Which means there was never a correct answer. It's not one they were given, yeah. Mm. What's interesting is the framing of this, because they are in a park and they're sat on benches and they're on two different... I was talk about that too. They're on on two different benches, but they're uh, like sat together, essentially. And I, I think that it kind of shows that they're on different sides at this point, right? There is a barrier between them. Um, they're so close. But they're so close. <laughs> exactly. Well, did, did you notice, so there's the scene earlier where, where Cass is talking to Uriel like in the park and they're like sitting on a bench. Yeah. And the way that is framed is it's a mirror of this, so they're facing a different way. Like, the yeah. benches are facing different ways. And we hear the kids playing in the park in the background where we don't see them and then now we've got this scene where Dean and Cass are sitting on benches and it's the benches are facing towards the like facing the other way and now we actually get to see the kids playing yeah and they're on two different benches but they're right next to each other and it's it's like a complete like mirror where mm-hmm. before you know Uriel and Cass were sitting underneath like a tree and like the shade and then now like Cass and Dean are sitting in like the sunlight it's like a complete like it's it's cool. It's really well shot. <laughs> I, I love it so much. Yeah, it, it's really, really good. And it definitely, like the, the, the relationship between Kat and Uriel seems very tense, even though I, I believe in that they're kind, they are sat even closer here than they, than Kat and Dean are. Yeah. Um, but there's, I don't know. 
there's even while Cass is talking to Dean in this uh, scene, Dean does this gesture where he kind of like he puts his elbows on his knees and kind of leans forward, and then Cass mirrors him in that action mm-hmm. as well. And I don't know. It's amazing. <laughs> well, and, and some of the shots of like of Dean over like Cass's shoulder, or whatever, it kind of makes it look like they're sitting on the same bench. It does, yeah. Which is mm-hmm. very cool. They're they're just they're so close to being on the same like thinking the same and being on the same side, but there's just just there's something between them at the moment. And I yeah. Anyway, well, and, and for the record, the, the the guy that directed this episode, uh, Charles Beeson, Besson, mm-hmm. he also does um sex and violence the rapture changing channels the french mistake yeah you know so he, he does some he does some like big big episodes uh, that are notable for in part for how good they look <laughs> he, he knew what he was doing <laughs> so dean is sort of shocked that Cass is on his side right yeah yeah or that he he was hoping for this outcome because Cass values basically God's creation that he calls them works of art and he says that he but, prayed for 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 Dean to, to choose to save the town mm-hmm. yeah yeah which exactly. is super intense <laughs> <laughs> but ultimately they they did fail because the seal was broken it was a bit it's a little bit of whiplash because I was like he was like yeah I hope that you didn't kill the town but you also didn't save the day <laughs> yeah um, it, it kind of confirms to Cass I feel that Dean is like the righteous man almost like he, yeah. he he chose the right option it may not have been the pragmatic option the the Vulcan option of mm-hmm. you know, sacrificing this town for the greater good but ultimately it is the morally right choice <laughs> it, right it, but he he knows that by making the right choice, you are kind of dooming everybody anyway. But at least Dean didn't. Which isn't that like the cast like? <laughs> exactly. It's like, well, you know, you might kill everybody, uh, but at least you're not compromising your own morals doing it. Mm-hmm. I tell you something: if you promise not to tell another soul, okay. I'm not a hammer, as you say. I have questions. I I have doubts. I don't know what is right and what is wrong anymore. Hey! Hey! (laughs) Call out Stanny. And he does, he he is very much questioning like he doesn't know what's right and wrong right and what is wrong anymore yeah he does look really sad there yeah yeah and then Cass is gone there are there are many I wrote down every time Dean and Cass stared at each other in this episode and I didn't mention (laughs) them at all um but this is one of them before he kind of he kind of disappears because it it cuts to um like a wide shot of them and Cass is gone um Mm -hmm. and then like the it fades to black I'm like Dean looking <laughs> <Pensive>. <laughs> looking where he has gone 
the, the other times they're kind of staring at each other and stuff is in that hotel room with Uriel, which is super funny to me. There's the one <laughs> shot of, of Cass, like, staring at, at Dean in the, the motel, mm-hmm. and he it's, he does that thing that he did in, in Lazarus Rising, where he looks like he's reading Dean's soul. Yeah. It's, like, really intense. It's like, dude, you mm-hmm. can't just, like, do that in front of anybody. <laughs> <laughs> the super person cool. is right there. <laughs> <laughs> but he just looks like he's absolutely, like, seeing into Dean. It's very, yeah. Yeah. And Dean looks, un- like, uncomfortable, yet he do- he still maintains eye contact. <laughs> I know. I know. So I will not break. <laughs> I will not break first. <laughs> This these two scenes, as we've said, are like I'm. They hurt both Sam and Dean in different ways, mm-hmm. because obviously Sam gets a physical threat from something that he, yeah, from something that Believed he admires it. in Angels, mm-hmm. and like that kind of gets crushed. And then Dean here, even though again, like I was saying, he he got lifted up but torn down. <laughs> the danger of like there's maybe an angel that he could trust a little bit. Yeah. Of like n- like there's like a fear of like can I trust heaven? Can I not? Like is is Cass can I actually work with Castiel or not? You know, it's it's such an interesting scene of yeah. It- of I think, well, Dean realizes that Cass is different here. Yeah, so, because what they did here was actually really clever. They introduced Uriel, who is, is such an asshole. <laughs> yeah, and, but we kind of then see him as a proxy for all other angels. I, I, and I don't know yeah. why that happened, that, you know, Cass gets kind of, you know, why aren't all other angels kind of like Cass? But that's not how this episode reads. It reads as like all the other angels are like Uriel. They kind of don't really care about humans. And yet Cass is different. Well, and part of what tells us that Cass is different is that he's like, can I tell you something if you promise not to tell anyone? Yes. It's like Mm. the implication that Cass can't share this with other angels that, I mean, first of all, it's insane that he's, he's sharing this like intense secret with Dean after (laughs) barely knowing him. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's also like, this is theoretically something that can get him in a lot of trouble. Yeah like this mission here this is also setting up the parallels between ruby and cass they are both a demon that sam can trust even though he shouldn't um (laughs) but we don't know that yet (laughs) yeah on the surface a a demon that sam can trust yeah yeah and then this is it for dean this is an angel that he can trust Mm. now that we've seen that angels are dicks <laughs> yeah. well i mean it's the In, contrast yeah. of like uriel doesn't care about any of these humans and then Cass is like all like all people are works of art and i'm I, and i was praying that you would save the the town it's like there's such a huge difference there yeah. it couldn't be more different <laughs> I think this was because if you think about it if you've watched Supernatural at this point and kind of not known who Cass is you're like why is he so aggressive towards Dean like threatening to throw him back into hell like what is his agenda and then this is where this episode I feel really started to humanize Cass because you do see that he's not just a robot he's he's kind of he is questioning he has doubts about his orders just as Dean used to when he was interacting with John it's like well I was I was raised Christian and I gotta tell you like having doubts is not allowed yeah (laughs) at least not not the way I was raised and then if you take that to like up to 11 with you know 
being an angel, you know, and all of that. It's like, oh, wow. <laughs> Having questions and and not not being sure of things as an angel, that's got to be just like, it, you know, like that's got to be like the, the biggest like offense, like the, mm-hmm. the biggest crime. <laughs> and you're right. And the fact that he is confiding this in Dean, and I don't know if Dean fully recognizes how much of an admission that is for Cass at this point. Mm. I don't know if he fully like understands the weight of what Cass is telling him that he he is questioning his orders and see you know doesn't fully understand if the plan is correct. I I think he kind of realizes. Mm. I mean, I think we see. I think the next couple times we see them interact, Dean seems, from my memory at least, it seems like Dean does kind of see Cass as more like for, for lack of a better word more human now. Yeah. For me, it's not necessarily what him what he told him. It's that he told him. Like mm. you know, the fact that he's sharing a secret with him. I I just I don't know. I love it so much. Um, <laughs> I can't wait to see them again in another episode together and just like see where this conversation follows on from, where it goes. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. it's yeah. been so long since I've watched <laughs> season four. I mean, this episode like thematically I think is is like um succeeded it's it is like followed up by on the head of a pin mm-hmm. yes. um it, for both of them really you know it's all very I don't know Cass's like journey with doubt is is uh it's pretty intense I mean it's his whole it's his whole thing. <laughs> it's his whole thing. I mean, that's, that is 100%. Like, that is kind of what defines him. And that's that's also, like, why he stayed on the show, right? Yeah. It's That's what that's why he became a permanent part of Supernatural mm-hmm. is because he was different than the other angels. And he was this iconic and this, um, again, sort of human, this, this personable, mm-hmm. I don't know, personable is the wrong word, but. He, you're right. He 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 humanized the supernatural in, in Supernatural. That makes sense. <laughs> so like, the thing is, the the brothers are almost they're always fighting against the next thing. But Cass kind of was always trying to do that, but have a big picture side of stuff as well. And it never really goes right for him. But he does exactly what he says to Dean here like he's trying to save the most number of people without compromising his own morals not necessarily his own safety but I don't know I mean Cass makes some questionable choices but I feel like and those those are big mistakes that he makes later on Fairly, you know by the end of this season Cass has basically decided that heaven is expendable to protect earth to protect humans which that's a big a big deal and it's maybe not something that like sam and dean can ever like value but like that's the trolley problem of you know it's choosing to to run over angels to Mm -hmm. so that the humans on the tracks get spared yeah that's a pretty big deal that's his species man (laughs) he he essentially chooses one family over another and Mm. like genocides the other family (laughs) (laughs) and you know what he's so sexy for doing that (laughs) I think that's all we can agree every time I watch an episode of Cast me and Anna would like send little messages oh you know have you watched the episode are you ready yet and every single time I just send a message that's like 
Cassius looked really good in this episode. (laughs) (laughs) He looks exactly the same as he looked at last episode, but damn. (laughs) Well, seasons four and five are like really sexy seasons, literally. (laughs) They just are generally. I, I, they all look great. I'm truly enjoying rewatching season four. Like it's been so good so far. There's not been a single real terrible episode yet. So I I love this episode. I forgot how important this episode was. We're only seven. We're on episode seven, and it's already yeah. just I don't know. I feel like every time we watch a plot heavy episode, it just takes a left turn that you kind of weren't ex- always expecting. Um, and this <laughs> one was Cass because oh, he's my boy. <laughs> yeah, this is such a vital Cass episode. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Otherwise, I think stuff later in the season would c- feel like it comes out of nowhere. What one hundred percent? Like this is this is important. This is required watching. If you want to learn how Cass becomes Cass, you need to watch this episode. Yeah. So uh, next week we're going to be talking about wishful thinking, and I love the. So usually on like IMDb, like I'll go look at what the description of the episode is going to be. The description of this episode is literally one sentence. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, that's not helpful. (laughs) So I'm excited to see where this this leads us. It is directed by Robert Singer. So expect those zooms. (laughs) (laughs) Teddy bear. Oh, no. I don't want to watch this one again. (laughs) Yeah, it's a teddy bear. (laughs) Can I veto an episode? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no oh. and we decided we weren't going to do that I know. we're going to watch them all because there might be something important in it we just don't know so um, before I finish up um, with socials and things is there anything else anyone would like to say about this episode right here right now are we good Cass is think- uh, hot yeah I agree <laughs> yeah <laughs> okie dokie <laughs> Um, thank you Um, at the end of this episode I'd like to thank um, the Pixel Agora for his wonderful art on our podcast Um, please go to Redbubble if you would like to purchase something as a cool logo like on a bag or a coaster or I don't know I want to buy a t-shirt that's my next thing (laughs) Um, if you would like to uh, talk to us you can find us on twitter instagram tumblr and facebook as well at escaping purgatory podcast or escaping podcast and of course we would like to thank danny for their participation in this episode i believe you can find danny at i have doubts on tumblr i will link yeah. their blog in the description yeah. thanks for having me it's a lot of fun i really we're, we're so happy to have you back you're a wonderful guest and so much yes. we have so much fun with you oh that's good i'm glad i had an absolute blast both both this time but also before like i've been looking to, forward to this for months since oh, the I'm, last recording oh, i'm so glad because we were looking forward to it too yeah by uh, evidence i mean it's not going to be this long but we have been recording for like four hours now <laughs> that's how much really long time having. we have so much extra content here <laughs> <laughs> so expect oh. a lot of bloopers from this episode. Yeah. I mean, come on. What, can I pay you to keep in like the 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 dick with wings? I mean, I will keep it in. I don't care. <laughs> yes, <laughs> thirstiest podcast. <laughs> okay. So this week, uh, we met a few more friends and found someone else to help us on our way. We interacted with the dick with wings 
<laughs> so many dicks with wings. And um but we're still stuck, so hopefully next week we'll find our way out. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye.